Celtic 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Gallagher, and I'm joined by the Legion of Doom. Is that a wrestling thing? Could be a wrestling thing. Could a wrestling be a, thing, Kev. Must be. Could be a comic. The uh, hawking animal of the Celtic podcasting world. The, the smash mouth style of Kevin Gillespie and the technical prowess of Chris Sermani. Chris and Kevin, you're both looking happy with that comparison. How are we? Confused. Scared. Well, uh, yeah, worried, worried. Worried. Um, was there not supposed to be a fourth person here? There was supposed to be a fourth person, but we, he he who shall not be named. Okay. Lamo. Lamo. Lamo McManus. It was Brian. It was supposed to be Brian, but as usual, he's uh, shat it. Ah. So, so Why well, you said no? Probably. Let's 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 be honest, that's uh, how it goes with you guys. Let's just move on. Married well, guys. We will um, we'll refer to him and... Not so in the past tense, yeah. Throughout the podcast, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do the two thousand. Th- these uh, series of podcasts have been really quite successful. People seem to take to them. Um, it's good because we've got a lot of people kind of tweeting in memories they've had, thoughts on games, thoughts on players, um, and yeah, it's been good. It's been good going down, walking down memory memory lane. When I proposed this podcast. Uh, as soon as I had the idea, I, I wanted Sir Manny and Ke- Kevin in because. Uh, 
Tremaine and Kevin, I think, are perfect for this specific podcast because was it because you knew Brian wouldn't come? Aye, I needed okay. a backup, to be honest. One of us are backups. Yeah. Both of us, actually. Aye, it's fair enough. Um, I really, essentially, I wanted a sit down interview with Brian about his life, um, but no, we couldn't. We can actually couldn't swing that. Uh, but you know, I wanted you guys involved in it because I think I think you'll be great at eloquently putting across the thoughts and themes for the day. Also, this is a horrible season. Mm. And it's a really good yeah. season, I, Kevin. So, just before before we break anything down, what are your thoughts on the two thousand and two two thousand and three Seville run season? Like you said, a horrible season. I put my fa- I put my face at you. As you you seen there because for as much as we won nothing, the memories that get banked with it, um, they're memories that unfortunately have never been seen and we've never had since and. For my generation, it's the only time that we ever got to a European final, and it could well be the only time I really see Celtic getting to a European final as well. Just yeah. the way um, it's all set up just now with the finances involved, I think we'd have to be spectacularly lucky to try and get something like that again. Yeah. So, for the fact that it ended up the way the season ended up, I'll still take massive positives from it because of what actually where we got to and all those games involved in it, which we will obviously yeah. be getting to at specifics out it. But th- there was for all the the rank memories that are there, <laughs> um, there's so many more ones. Like I, I'm surprised. I'll be speaking in players and glowing references because it's how I remember them from that season. Yeah, and I think that that's something we've kind of hit upon by doing this series of podcasts. Um, all of a sudden, because this is your guys' first time, you'll be talking about one specific thing and all of a sudden a memory will come back and you'll be like, oh, right, I actually remember this and that. I mean, what's your take on the season, Samani? Well, it was... My immediate reaction when you talk about the Seville season is one of pride and how we played. But... Looking over some of the, the games that season, it, it uncovered some really, I don't know if it buried some of the, the games yeah. <laughs> uh, deep down because it was quite heartbreaking the way that we lost the league uh, in some of the, 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 the other games during the season. It was it was quite difficult to watch. Um, but o- overall, I think you have to say it was it was a fantastic season. And I, I'm, I, as Kevin says, you know... Th- we might never see that again in terms of the way European football is going. So I probably should look back on it more positively than, than negatively. Yeah, well, we are the 90-minute cynic, so there's always going to be that cynical uh, edge to it. Thoughts on the season before? So, Anil, and again, because we're building a timeline, Anil comes in, takes over from Kenny Dalglish at that point, because mm. obviously John Barnes had been sacked after the Inverness debacle, which, again... Something we might actually come again towards uh, in this season. Um, so, John Barnes sacked, Dalglish takes over, but in a bit of a shambles, the saviour comes, wins the treble. You say that saviour comes, but how close were we for it might not have been Martin O'Neill? Because it, it got brought up only a couple of months ago again that um, Goose Hiddink had already agreed mm-hmm. to take the position. Everything had been settled, and apart with Dermot Desmond comes in at the last minute and, and vetoes it and says, "No, it's that's not who I want. It, it's Martin O'Neill." And I think one of the <coughs> uh, Martin O'Neill's biggest strength for me was actually just his personality. Yeah, it, it's maybe not necessarily the, the tactics that were involved. 
some certainly with some of the players that he signed, there wouldn't have been the players that he signed, but it's just the, his personality brought Celtic through a good few seasons. Yeah, I mean, Samani, you always talk about trust. You always Kevin brings up players and that. You always talk about trust and how Brendan Rodgers kind of has the same sort of ethos where you kind of have to earn his trust. But Martin O'Neill was almost like the man who kind of had that mindset. Well, what happened when he came in? He made some big signings and they became the mainstay of the team, but. What kind of happened over the period, his period of time? He would make a, a, a number odd, of other signings. Odd signings. Yeah, he would make signings and then really wouldn't play them a lot. I mean, Juninho, um in his last season, guys like Ulrich Lawson, um, Silla. Dave, David Fernandez. David is the kind of <laughs> well, we know some of these players are, are pretty poor, but ultimately. I think it. He used to stick with players that were tried yeah. and tested for him. Even the one that always stuck in my head was McNamara. Never featured under him at the early part of his 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 career with us. And then, as it went on, and he began to trust him and play them a bit more. And you found you found McNamara playing across the back three or back four. He's playing at centre half at times because Anil Anil kind of eventually bought into him a wee bit. But that was one thing that kind of that, um, that that stuck in my my head about Anil. But going back to the point that. Kevin says about Hiddink I often wonder how how, how that would have panned out yep. because Hiddink certainly was a, a, a you know a top top class manager yeah. at that point um, Chris could he have been would he have been referred to you'd have had a bigger stature than Anil European wise yeah yeah well I mean you've where did, so different of, players might have came well it would have been it would, he certainly player. wouldn't have so, signed the same sort of play, uh, so we could have got the De Boers and the Newmans well we could have we could have went essentially down that, yeah but he wouldn't have signed guys like Sutton and Hartson, mm-hmm. I don't think. They're, they're more a British style of player yeah. that, that, that favoured the Neil. But where was where was Hiddink before? Um, just prior to this? Because his stock must have been, it couldn't have been that high if we were being linked with him. Um, I thought it was PSV. Maybe it was. P- oh no, was that on what? Dick, Dick Advocate was, came from PSV the season before O'Neill came in. Um, so let's see, Gus Hiddink. Uh, I mean, tell, tell me, but keep going, just get a, I'll, I'll look this up. Yeah, I mean. Again, but yeah, you wouldn't, I, you wouldn't change it, would you? I mean, w- w- with what Anil done and the way he came in, and and it's dead easy to forget how dominant Rangers had been and and the money they'd spent, and you know, when he came in that first season, it seemed like an impossible task to overturn them. So, I wouldn't, you wouldn't change it, but you know, it's it's interesting to see. You have a wee think back and think. I wonder how things well, would have panned out. You know? I completely. It's a sliding doors move, moment. <laughs> so as where you you're thinking, we've we've went down a route where it's a a traditional British manager with traditional British players. And I say that when you're looking at um, a Swede and a Belgium as your two centre-halves, but um, the the sort of the stature, the size of them, the style of football that those two played were, were the ilk that yeah. the rest of the yeah. players had. Whereas if we were, if it was with Gusedink, and I wouldn't change O'Neill for Gusedink no, because I, I would rather, knowing that we've got I would rather have had that than the even if it even yeah. if it was better. I yeah. still loved what what he brought to the team, what he brought to the club, we brought to the city as well. But uh, it, it would have been interesting. It would have been. It could. I think personally, it would have been a, a completely different um, Celtic team, a, Celt- a different style of football, and everything. Yeah, um, if you look at so ninety nine, ni- ninety eight, ninety nine, he was manager of Real Madrid, and then he went to Real Betis in two thousand. O'Neill is then made the manager two thousand. So. Yeah, um, it's not. I mean, he would have been the Real Madrid manager two years so, before. So, so well, it was either the Real Madrid manager or the Leicester manager. 
think we made the right choice, though. Yeah, I, th- I think we did. Uh, you know, in terms of uh, players and trust and kind of utilising the same players in the most... I'm just going to read out some stats, uh, some seasonal statistics in terms of appearances. Yusufal Haran, 53. Baldy, 53. Larson, 51. Thompson, 45. Sutton, 43. Uh, Lambert, 48. Uh, Agat, 40. Len- I mean, you can... Petrov, 50. You can just look at... you. Can, but even just looking, having a casual look at the stats, you can tell who the main players were and who, <coughs> essentially, who his 11 were. There will be some shocks. Uh, Ulrich Larson played 36 times. David Fernandez played 19 times. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's... That does shock me about Larson. I didn't think he played that much. Um, I, I didn't think he played that much either. Um, Salah played 31 times. <sighs> now, this is the whole season, so this is uh, in the league, in the uh, Scottish Cup, in the League Cup, and in Europe. So, it's... And an incredible amount of games, mm-hmm. so you know it's understandable. But still, Momo Silva, thirty-one games, uh, probably probably sixty games a season. So he's played in one and two, yeah, um, essentially. But I think there's there's sort of parallels there with Brendan Rodgers, where you're sort of tried and trusted. Yeah, we you, you, we've seen over the last two seasons who the go-to men are for Brendan Rodgers, and that was certainly the same. Well, Neil, he he had the people that he trusted. He had the people who got him results, and they did get him results. Even though, and maybe in this season that we're going to speak about, the results weren't there by the end of it. But those players did get him the results. So Martin Neil comes in, he wins a treble in his first season. Um, we go out of Europe um, on the the second round. We go out to Bordeaux. We get a one each draw in Bordeaux. Christophe Dugarry. Scores a wonderful goal, of course. Uh, and then uh, Julian Laslon scores in the last minute um, of normal time to put us out on away goals. Um, we then, season two, first foray into the Champions League. Uh, we, we've talked about this in detail. What were your guys' kind of thoughts on that, Kevin? What were your thoughts on Juventus away and how we played against Juventus at home and, you know, Rosenberg and Porto? What's your kind of take on that experience? Well, that was, well... We were seeing the dominance. Of That's when the the sort of the the start of the mystique came of Parkhead being the fortress. Yes, where no nobody could defeat us because two out of those three at that time you you were still classing as European giants. Yeah, or, or European figures, maybe maybe not necessarily Porto being a giant at that particular time, but big teams and without maybe some people will disagree, but bigger than Celtic certainly. Um, in regards to what they were bringing to the table, yeah. So you would you would not necessarily expect us to be winning every home games. You certainly wouldn't be expecting us to be losing every away games. But that is where the mystique was started to be creating because the 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 UV game, especially everything that was going on involved in that, it was it was all part of the hype. Yeah, for I, it, and I think that's that's the point. Again, it's how we kind of how O'Neill just started turning the wheel of this is my players, they're world beaters tremendous, you know, 100 million pounds in the summer against this Juventus team and blah blah blah, terrific. What about yourself uh, Chris, <coughs> you know the Ajax game because we, oh, yeah. we had we had a European qualifier, we'd, I mean in comparison to what we've got these days, we'd won European mm-hmm. qualifier uh, for the to qualify for the Champions League that se- last season so we'll call the 2002-2003 season this season, and we'll call everything else, you know. So, last season, essentially, we had Ajax. Yeah. Thoughts on how that, you know... <clears throat> well, just to go back a, a wee bit in terms of, even in the Neil's first season, when, when Bordeaux put us out, 
you know, it, it's obviously he won the treble that season when we were really dominant against a good Rangers side. But in my head, you know, in any time we'd grown up, and probably it would have been the same as yourself, Kevin. European football was for other teams. Yeah, you know, it yeah. was it was just a case of I, I always remember this. I've probably mentioned it on the pod before, but in the mid nineties, when you get your season ticket in the wee plastic cover, you used to get a laminated fixture list, right? And it used to have the UEFA Cup final, all the, the stages of the <laughs> UEFA Cup, and it was two legged at the time. And I always remember that. I says, "Why are the hell are the board putting this <laughs> on here? Why are they bothering? Because we're going to get put out off of some third rate uh, mob." in the second round if we're lucky do you know considering there's been a cost implication for the board putting that on there as well <laughs> must, they must have got they must have got a deal or something like that I don't know but it was uh, I remember seeing that and just looking at it and laughing as a, as a wee guy and thinking that's not something we do and, and, and I said even in um, the board though it was almost like okay we, we can't quite do that um, but then that Juventus away game even though we get beat I thought We've just came and competed with one of the giants of European football here. We were unlucky not yeah. to take something from this game, and as that season, that Champions League campaign progressed, it's you know my mindset changed. All of our mindsets changed. Wait a minute, we can play at this level and we can compete. So it, it, the way that your a new changed the way you thought about Celtic at that time was was absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I actually was a qualifier, wasn't it? Yeah. <coughs> right. Oh, yeah. so, so when you're but you're when you UV and Porto, I would st- I would have classed Ajax and in that. that bracket as well at that time. Maybe not now because just the, the maybe having a similar sort of plateau that we're also. having, yeah. and and that maybe is the level that we would be at. But they they were a big European team, yep, and it was three one, three one over there, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I I remember having. Having to work till eight o'clock at night. That the 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 day of that game, and um, jumping on the train at Central Station. At, I think it was something like seven minutes past eight, and getting in, getting off at Crawford at sixteen minutes past eight, and running round the, the house, and getting in, and we were two nil up, up. I think yeah. it was, mm. and just sort of standing in the front room, going, "Eh." I hate my work because he's made me work to 8 o'clock instead of letting me just even go at half 7 to get me up the road in time but be going wow this is this is different this yeah. isn't this isn't what Celtic do yeah absolutely I, mean, I, I, I remember as well I was on holiday um, with my now wife um, we were in Malta and it was back in the days before having a mobile phone so I had to get a pay phone phone my dad and says who did we get and he said Ajax, and I just immediately went, oh well, that was a nice thought. <laughs> and uh, oh well, I just thought, no, that, that, that's how, as difficult as it gets. Similar to you though, when I seen that first leg and the domination that we exerted over them away from home, it was eye opening. Yeah, I think I think the there was the belief. Essentially, we we had belief that we could compete at that point, and that's obviously put into us by the manager. I think shock still. I know you. I, I I love the fact that you're saying belief, but on that particular game, on that particular night, for me it was actually more shock than belief yeah. because I was still. That when I say I walked in the living room and looked at the telly, I I stood for a couple of seconds going, "Wow!" But essentially, what happened was Mark O'Neill comes in. Um, we do the treble. Brendan Rogers comes in. We do the treble. Um, Mark O'Neill's second season, we uh, do the double. Brendan's, we do the treble. Terrific. 
Um, Martin O'Neill's second season, we his first season, we don't really have a chance at Europe because of you know the way things are structured. <coughs> Knockout tournament football at that point was a bit tough for us. Obviously, this season we proved how good we could be at it. Um, second season, we get to the group stages of the Champions League, which is phenomenal. Can't get out of that group because we're just the unluckiest club in the world when it comes to points. Um, but ending second season, um, for all the negativity that comes with you know the you know taking a butt a gut punch with some of the defeats we still progress and that's okay what's your what is your thoughts on comparisons because ultimately it's always going to come down brendan rogers is is our manager currently and brendan rogers is not necessarily in a football style a stylistic way the same as martin o'neill but he's authoritarianly i think quite similar to martin o'neill and how he is the man and he doesn't take any nonsense from anybody how do you think it, can we compare? Is there any way of comparing and contrasting between Martin O'Neill and, and, and Brendan Rodgers? Stature-wise, I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. It's basically, they came in at a time, a wee bit different when, when Rodgers came in. You know, the club had stagnated a bit under Dyla in terms of where they were going and stuff like that. He brought them in. Two of them galvanised the club hugely. Yeah, O'Neill came in at a time where... We were on our knees a wee bit. Well, we're, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'd obviously stopped the 10, but then they, you know, got the, the dodgy credit card out again and just they ramped got the, it up. They got the overdraft out. That's and it. <laughs> <laughs> they phoned the Bank of Scotland and <laughs> gave us another f- £50 million or whatever it is, but they ramped it up a notch, and it did. It's hard to think now, but, you know, from everything that's happened since the turn of the century, but at that point it seemed like an impossible task, un- completely impossible, and he came in and turned it around. Completely different, Rogers. But the situations were totally different. Yeah. However, they've both came in, and as you said, they've you know give the club a huge shot in the arm, and they are the man. They were always the man. Can I ask you, oh, Kev? Have you got a point? No, no. It's just listening to what Chris was saying there. Um, both of them though gave us the spark that was needed. Yeah. Um, for different reasons. You you mentioned about the football was a little bit stagnant under Ronnie and. I, I imagine there's been many comments about Ronnie good on bad on this podcast. <laughs> um, but Point to the poster, um, Brendan came in. When Brendan signed for Celtic, and I think it was or that it was announced um, early July. Mm-hmm. No, it was the day was before it? the Scottish Cup final, or the Friday before the Scottish Cup final to get it right up Rangers. But we 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 then went on a run of something like seventy two days of sunshine in Glasgow, which so was unheralded. So it was it was, that right, it, eh? it was, it was jet, there was no rain for <laughs> for for X amount of days. Now obviously it's not it's not going to be seventy two days, but there was genuinely it was just sunshine, sunshine, sunshine throughout that full sum that full summer. Brought you back to the time when you were allowed to go out on your bike as a youngster without your mum moaning at you and having to come back at five o'clock. You were allowed to just spend days outside in the glorious sunshine. That's what happened when Brendan arrived. He he <laughs> lifted Celtic when Celtic needed somebody to lift him. He, his his personality um, and his glowing smile, no matter what certain All right, expense. Okay, hold on a minute, read it in a bit, pal. No, no, no. Look, he, he did. He gave us the boost that was needed. Um, let, let me ask you this, Kev, um, and I want your opinions as well, Chris. Uh, role reverse, flip them. Mm. Would O'Neill do? Would Would O'Neill? Would the O'Neill team? Would the Seville team? If it was around now, that exact team. Let's take it out. I know it's obviously a r- ridiculous kind of idea, but take that Seville team. 
or this Seville team, the team that gets to the final, and you put it in that Champions League group that we were in last season with PSG, with Bayern Munich, and with Anderlecht, do they get more points? No. Do they get stuff? Yeah, they do. No. They beat so. Anderlecht home and away. But they don't. Well, hold on. How did they not beat Rosenberg home and away? Yeah. Rosenberg were better than Anderlecht this season. Anderlecht were abject. The fact that we didn't beat them at home this season really kind of sticks in my craw. We qualified for the UEFA Cup through pure. Difference. Aye, it was. It was. That was a gimme. They had really nothing to play for. We had to. All we had to do was turn up and um, you know put on a professional performance, show them that we're progressing. Okay, we did go through, but it was it was a bit of skinnier teeth. And the side wouldn't have lost that game. Do you think there's a... And they wouldn't have lost as many goals against um, PSG. Do you, do you not think? <coughs> no. Again, this will come back to... We have the the rose-tinted glasses. We all think that the, the team... Green-tinted glasses. Green-tinted. Okay. <laughs> they never, never had a rose-tinted strip then, no. Um, but the, we've... We've spoke about some of the games throughout that season. We've seen some of the they made lower level forwards rip passes as as centre halves in games. We, we literally watched a game ten minutes ago where we got absolutely ripped at the part at the back. Um, so you 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 does, you don't think we'd, we're losing as we're, don't, we're not we're losing as as many goals if Martin O'Neill's the manager? You still think we're getting the same? Other than so, you think we beat Andalite home and away, so we get six points? If if a Neil's team had played in this group, yes, and I don't think we'd have shipped as many goals. Now again, again there's the rose tinted glasses, but it's the way that a Neil's team set up as well. Not just that. It's not that it's so much that the the, the centre halves and stuff we had back then were a million times better than the ones they are now. I think they were better, but I don't I don't think Baldy and all that were really top top class. But a Neil's team was set up differently. It was more compact, more strong. And I think they'd have put themselves about a bit. And Rogers' team's far too open wanting to play football and against other sides like that, uh, like PSG and stuff like that, we're going to concede more goals. So I think a new team would have conceded less against Bayern and PSG and would have beat Anderlecht home and away. This version of Anderlecht anyway. So just looking at personnel for this season, um, we had, again, kind of with O'Neill, it comes down to trust, it comes down to the same sort of names and... Uh, same sort of guys that he, he brings in. He brought in Lennon, um, Sutton, uh, Hartson. Those were the, over the last two seasons before that. Those were the three big kind of names. Um, when would Thompson have come in? In that Thompson came in at the same sort of time yeah, as well. Right. Yeah. So essentially, we'd spend six million pound on Larson. At Larson, on Lennon, six million pounds on uh, Sutton and Hartson. That's six, twelve, eighteen. I think Thompson was about three and a half million. Mm-hmm. These are incredible amounts of money. Three and a half for Valaren or something like that, was it not? Yeah, of course, three from uh, Roda, JC. Mm-hmm. Um, so, when it comes to um, Martin O'Neill's third season, it comes to the season where you think to yourself, we've done so well this season before in the Champions League, yeah. not far off qualifying for the last uh, 16. Um, he brings in Magnus Hedman, mm-hmm. um, the 1st of August, which I thought was weird. So we brought in Hedman in August 2002, and he, he doesn't play that much. Um, he really doesn't play as much as I thought Did he would. Did come in then? Oh, 1st of August 2002. That can't be right. I thought it was the season after Seville. I thought it was the season after Seville as well. Because uh, the, the comment's always been that, uh, about Hedman being the keeper instead of Douglas for the final. So Magnus Brotto, Brotto came in 
Broto was came in and played games for us towards the end of that season. Yeah, he did. Uh, Headman played ten games, and yeah, so that's didn't realise that either. Uh, on the same day, we brought in Ulrich Lorsen from mm-hmm. Hibs for one and a half million pounds. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and going out the other way, Dimitri Karin um, went to Hornchurch, of course, on a free transfer, and. We get seven hundred thousand. How the fuck we get seven hundred thousand pounds for Oliver Tabili? <laughs> I don't know. But then Argan. he would he would go on to be a a, a Premier League player briefly. Um, but Bellingham, yes. Yeah. Um, so you know you're looking to really kind of push forward, maybe and <coughs> spend a little bit of money. Obviously, Rangers, you know, legally or illegally, we're spending a, a ridiculous amount of money. We'll get to them in a second to kind of set up the season. But you know, two and a half million pounds. On transfers, how are mm. you feeling about that? Um, Disappointed? Or? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if this is confirmed, but I, I remember hearing that when Anil came and took the job, he wanted the front, he wanted the money up front, he wanted the front load, if you know what I mean, um, instead of spreading it out over his tenure, um, which is why he spent so heavily in his first season, and, you know, things dropped off after that. Did Wait a minute, did we not sign Hartson? We the Hartson. second season, yeah, the second season, right? Okay, yeah. So that 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 may be the case. Do you know what I mean? We, we did have a strong team, but you probably would have liked some reinforcements there. Certainly, we would have liked a better goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to say this actually that there's all, I've been a lot of talk about people thinking that Headman was the saviour. I didn't think so. No, I, I, I not even before he came. Oh, I didn't right, think so Headman was uh, was was that good. It was Coventry, was that wasn't Coventry? It? Yeah, I'd seen him play for Coventry, and I didn't think particularly highly of him. He was a number one as well. I think it's when you, you it's when you look. He's at no maybe, Thomas Ravelli though. <laughs> but it's when you're looking at um, bringing uh, an international goalkeeper from the Premiership, it, you would automatically hope that that is going to be an upgrade in what we have. Well, well, let me just say, yeah, I'm just saying, but you all just fell for the Sky Sports hype, right? You need to look past it. You need to look past the hype. Sorry, see, Richard Keyes said he was a good keeper, and you all that enough? Oh, he's great. Yeah, that's true for me. Uh, quick, quick question: uh, Who out of the current Celtic team would get into the Seville team? Craig Gordon. Craig no. Gordon? No, no question, really. Uh, Craig Gordon. Uh, you, you, even though he's not there anymore, you still want to see Boric. You had a wee thing about Boric before we started recording. <sighs> see if you put Boric in that Seville team, we could have won up front. <laughs> uh, Kevin, who else gets in it? Anyone? Because there might maybe not. Kieran Tierney, we get in it. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Anyone else? KT uh, would get in. Would Dembele push for a starting place? Nope, not at all. See, I was actually when I was thinking that earlier on. Uh, would Dembele? Dembele's a, a more mobile Hartson, and considering how often Hartson played, oh, uh, it would, it, so, so that's where I would I, I would be. My Four, front, forty-five games, Hartson, twenty-five goals. My my front two out of the two teams, I would still be going Sutton and Larson, Sutton and Larson, yeah, yeah. right? But considering how often Sutton played in midfield or centre half during that period of time, and Hartson was up front. I wonder if I'd be more inclined to go for Dembele instead of Hartson. You'd have him in the squad, do you know what I mean? Hartson's, Hartson's goals speak for themselves. Although, he's all-round play at times. He could be, at times he could be like completely uninvolved in the game, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, Hartson always had issues with his conditioning as well. But he came up with some really important goals for us at the right time, so I'd be loath to leave him out. But Dembele would be... Be on the squad, if you will. I would have him, let's say, on the bench. Would you have him ahead of David Fernandez? That's what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing tuck. I'd maybe, maybe toss a coin over that. But yeah. I so, think if you, but also on that, if you're 
going not on last season but on the first season. You could argue the impact that on the left wing for Alan Thompson and Scott Sinclair. Just the the performance that Scott Sinclair put in his first season with us. Um, I one of the biggest issues I have with Scott Sinclair is how he essentially freezes on the big stage. And his first season, even in his first season, yeah, I, I didn't think he. I, I, listen, I think Scott Sinclair is a great player, and I've got time for him. And people who are saying we should, you know, cut him like as soon as we can and stuff, I, I don't buy into that. I think, I th- hopefully, next season he'll, you know, find his form and really come back and, and and be a force. But I did find that when at the highest level in the Champions League, he froze. Um, he looked nervous. Alan Thompson was a, ma- a big game player for me. Alan Thompson always turned up. Alan Thompson is the type of guy who thought he was better than anybody else, and I mean that in a positive way. Like he had this. Um, confidence bordering on arrogance, and a lot of this team did. A lot of this team prob- because they were winners, though. Because yes, yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly. Whereas I think, and, and their manager possibly telling them every single day, "You are a winner," and, and you are terrific. And Martin O'Neill, um, you know, there's been a lot of you know different uh, podcast interviews, you know, Simon Ferry and stuff like that. And you've seen some of the players who were involved in the Seville season, and guys like Aidan McGeady as well, who came on a little bit. <coughs> After talking about how Martin O'Neill would read the team sheet out 30 minutes before the team, mm-hmm. uh, before before the game, but people knew, yeah. so it didn't really matter, essentially, um, and how Ian McGeady, for example, when his name was read out, like he didn't pick up on it because he wasn't really paying attention because it's like, well, I'm not going to play because mm-hmm. you know, you've know you got Alan Thompson and you've got Didier Gatt and you've got you know squad positions all over the place. So it is quite interesting that, again, I think it's the Mystica... Martin O'Neill, the 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 reverence, uh, the command that he had over these guys that really, you know, if, if yeah, just terrific. A lot, a lot of it is the confidence, the confidence build to really tell them that you're better than everyone else. Uh, so let me ask you this: before we kind of that's that's the Celtic squad. Um, not particularly happy with the players brought in. Um, probably could have done with a little bit more uh, to get us over the line mm-hmm. because we all know how this season ends. I think a lot of what I think we <laughs> ran out of steam. Towards the end of the season, which is un- completely understandable, yeah, because we're fighting a, the, a war in four fronts. But the sheer amount of big Good terminology, yeah. the sheer amount of big games in the second half of the season, yeah. Because before this kicked off, we were we, we speaking about what possibly could happen for ourselves for the following season and the effect from across the water, and. Um, when it comes to our hopefully group games in the Champions League, they're all in the front half of the season, mm. allowing the second half of the season to to be opened up, less games. Yeah, maybe still equally as important because you're pushing for finals and so on and so forth, but less games to be played. Whereas for the season that we're speaking about for just now, the Seville season, you, you were mentioning the the ones where it's. Rangers and yeah. Liverpool. Uh, Rangers, Rangers in the way, uh, Rangers, Liverpool, Rangers in the League Cup final. Liverpool yeah, within so the space of about a week. So that that's the the could, that, could this current team? How do you think this current team would do in that under under that strain? Uh, I think they would buckle, mm-hmm. but that's because I don't think we have the mentality yeah. that we were talking the about. Mental toughness, the, mental toughness. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 I think with O'Neill's team. See if you, when you were talk, if you could go back to the, the earlier question, which was about which players would go into it. There's players in um, when we, we mentioned, say Dembele as an example. 
Dembele may be more technically gifted than Hartson, but see if you're looking for a mentally stronger player. Yeah. Hartson wins it hands down. Yeah. Mm. But you would also, you could go through that full team. Um, Larson, Hartson, Sutton, the midfield pair, the Lambert and Lennon, both winners, no problem at all. The the centre halves, the sheer mental strength of the spine of the team was so was unbelievable. Uh, Scott Brown not mentioned in getting in the Seville team. Would you have him anywhere near it? Squad again, but Squad. he wouldn't start. Wouldn't start. No. But again, we mentioned earlier on how often Lambert didn't start. Yeah, in a European Cup, yeah. former European Cup winner, not getting a, not just making the squad. Um, so. Going into this season, we had been in the group stages before. We were looking to get into the group stages again. So the expectation was kind of high. Yeah, again, it goes back to the point I made about mindset. Now, we people had started to think that we could play in Europe as opposed to just turning up and, and getting knocked out early. So I think our expectations were, were higher now. And the, the, the thing as well is the when you've got the likes of your beating Ajax the season before in the qualifiers, I think when you get Bao and this season's one, yeah, and we were in the Fordham game watching it, I think it was. I wasn't there, I was on holiday. I'm sure, I thought the three of us were all in there, me, you and your dad. No, I was, was watching it? it on holiday. So, but we, but you, when you're looking at Bao, you're thinking, you're, and what you're doing is you're sort of comparing them or, or speaking about them in a sort of an unknown sense because they, they weren't a big team, they weren't really known and, and you're thinking, oh, it's the... A team from Switzerland, yeah, not they're not Ajax. No, I think you know. I watched, I watched that documentary about 1978, the Scotland World Cup debacle, and how the attitude was. Who are Peru? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we signed, when we were matched with Bal, I remember thinking, "Lovely." Yeah. This almost in my head, arrogantly thinking, "This is a bye. We've got a bye." Um, but before we actually kind of start walking through the season, uh, Rangers, they got brought in and got rid of some players. Uh, Chris Romani, I'm going to ask you um, thoughts, one word thoughts on some of these names. So these are the transfers that were Keep brought in. Hmm. Uh, Mikel Arteta from Barcelona. Punt. Uh, Kevin Muscat from Wolverhampton Wanderers. Thug. I've used a different word there for punt, can you? Um, <laughs> but no, well, I know, I know, sorry, I'm concentrating. It was a bit of a, obviously, Arteta turned out to be a fine player, but it was a bit of a, they paid £6 million pounds for him. 5.8 5. million pounds. Luck, so, wasn't it? Yeah, there was a bit of a, uh-huh. bit of a punt about that. Kevin Muscat, thug, get agreed. Kevin, tell me your thoughts on Stephen Thompson, one word. Jeez. No, no, I wouldn't have used words on Stephen Thompson. Average. Uh, Jerome Bonicel from Bordeaux. I remember we played him. He'd been in that team that, that put us out two seasons before. Uh, I remember when they signed him thinking, oh, decent, decent. Um, Dan Egan. Dan Egan. From Alaves. So, essentially, but, Ranger... But there you go, Christopher. So, just the... What was that? About six players you mentioned there? Yes. Yeah. Five. And, uh, five, sorry. And then... But then you go back to the ones that we signed and I think it was three it was two two so it just shows you there they were they they were always pushing on and, and bringing in a couple more and a couple more which which is probably what we should have done yeah mm. de- definitely um, some of the players they got that Rangers got rid of Sebastian Rosenthal uh, Tiro Pania um, Lee Feeney Yanni I've not heard half of these guys uh, Scott Wilson Andrew Kanchelskis Tony Vidmar 
Christensen, Tori Andre Flo. They got six point seven five million for Flo. Still lost half the money. Uh, Sunderland. Sunderland. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. Uh, Daddy Sadamchuk contract terminated. <laughs> that's literally what it says. Billy Dodds was a free and Russell Latipe contract terminated. Just, again, this is me want my mind wandering here. Did Arteta go to Arsenal from Rangers? Um, no, or did he Everton. go to Spain? He went to Everton. No, he didn't. He went to Real Sociedad. Real Sociedad. How much did they get for him? Did he? I'm he sure went he went to Real Sociedad. After he left Rangers, he went to Real Sociedad and then from Sociedad to Everton. And okay. then Everton to Arsenal. Because um, I don't think he was hugely impressive at Rangers. It was a, it was a bit it was a well, bit of a gamble for them and then we uh, tried to do the same with Mark Crossas. Theirs worked yes. out, ours never. Aye. I just want to know if they get their money back. Uh, okay, one sec. Um, but anyway, I mean, what? what Sorry, I we're just driving driving this off at mad tangents yeah. and stuff. No, like that, that that's fine. Um, but with with the squad breakdown, you know, we'd we'd won two titles in a row. This was us going into a third title. So from a European perspective, you had a new outlook, a new confidence. <coughs> What were you thinking about league-wise? We'd done the treble, we'd done the double. What was your expectation level? Because I'll tell you what my expectation level was. Um, that My expectation level going into this would be group stage of the Champions League, yep. plucky and unlucky, do the double. That's I remember having that sort of mindset. Potentially do a treble, who knows, with the League Cup, but we'll win the Scottish Cup, we'll win the league, and uh, we'll be plucky and unlucky in the group stage of the Champions League. Well, I, sorry, Kev. Just, I just wanted to get back in first and foremost, and I remember thinking, we should have qualified the first season. You know, it was circumstantial that we didn't. Um, and I just, I had it in my head that basically we would then... You know, we'd get back into the group stages and then we would really push to go into the last 16 after that. That was my thoughts. Kevin? It's especially since it was Bow that we that we get. Yeah. You're, you're, um, you, I know you said uh, we'll, we'll move on to that, but when you're when you look, when you're, when you're comparing the two of them, you're thinking, okay, this should be us and we're good enough to, we've shown that we're good enough to be within this company just now. Yeah. Because... Ajax is a, a is a one on the prelim. Ajax should have actually been the group st- a group stage team as yeah, well. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we we comfortably, um, well not comfortably. But again, it was sort of a role reverse away home. Away, away. We've done them over the two legs, no problem. And that's where we were expected to be. Or that's where we actually hoped we'd have this expectation to be from now on. Yes. The thing is, I would have still rather. The bow defeat that allowed the Seville run than a mediocre group stage. Well, that's an interesting perspective because, you know, we talk about how well we could potentially do in the Europa League now. We go into the Champions League now, <clears throat> like a lot of kind of mid sized European teams, and we're getting a doing. Celtic are the only team that were in the qualifying rounds last season that. that kind of qualified mm-hmm. out of their group to the, the Europa League. I mean, would you sacrifice the Champions League to get a good run in Euro- Europa League? Well, just now, I don't... I think the quality of teams that are in the Europa League are just as good as Champions League. Like, Athletic Madrid won in it last year. Arsenal um, getting... You know, Arsenal getting... The year before, it was yeah. Man U that won it. So, you're looking at the teams that are winning the Europa League are actually teams that are, have been... Challenging Champions League finals recently, mm. so the I think it's stepped up now again, Chris. Yeah, I think it's 
I think you're, you're possibly looking at three tiers in Europe now as opposed to just two tiers in Europe. And, and Celtic are probably in that third tier. Which there's, you know, no, that's fine. So that's why I'm saying that f- for now, the finances that take that the Champions League's better and there'll, there'll probably be not that many people who would turn around and say, well, I'd rather still get my... Th- 40 or 50 million, whatever it's going to be now from your, your group stages because you know it's a progression of the team. It's what the team needs to afford to, to develop. It's what the club's needing to afford to develop. We're spending more in our stadium than other teams are spending on their teams and so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah. Our lighting, That's, I get it, get our it right lighting system's what people are paying on squads. It's very much so because that's, that's what the board are now thinking is to try and Attract different things. Yeah, because it's Europa League, Champions League finals, you know, all this sort of stuff. Unfortunately, it can't because of the, the changing rooms, yeah. the, the main stand. But at a, a time where they will get they will get to the stage where they've got money to do that, and if that's something they can do, then the rest of the infrastructure is already there. The outside the stadium looks immense. Yeah. The the hotel that's going to be built gets rid of the little ice on the left-hand side. So all of that, so there is a development off the park just now, to get back to the original question, um, I, for just now, I think we need the Champions League money more than the Europa League run. Yeah. But there will get to maybe two years, three years down the line when everything's been banked and everything's sort of all the, the accountants' parts are all covered for everything else. I would love us then just to, if, if we got Bal, get put out and then go and take it. Maybe not necessarily a final, but let, let's put Let's, let's go, go get, for a let's, run. Let's get it into March or April time. Yeah. It's the thing is though, see exiting the Champions League into the Europa League by third place, that's the way that you want to do it. Because you'd never see if we don't qualify for the Champions League this season, we'll be really it will, I've said it before, it, there's a cloud. a cloud a cloud hangs over the club when there's no European football. Now, that's not to say we might get into the Europa League, but the Europa League group stages are a dodge. I mean, th- yeah. it, it gets a bit, it gets, it brightens up, and you say the standards better in the latter stages of it. But the Europa League group stages are just, just terrible. Yeah, if, just if we've bought all these lights, we don't win them for the Europa League. Oh, <laughs> really you imagine we've got world class lights and we're playing against, you know, some mob from Kazakhstan or something like that. That's, that's the Champions out. League qualifiers you're talking aye, about. Well, aye, aye. But they'll go into the UEFA Cup and they'll <laughs> get the ones that are thinking. But that's the thing, I mean, you want you, you want to show off uh, the new lights and stuff in the Champions League against um, some of the bigger named teams. See when we're doing up the stadium, are they going to like, implement any food that's edible? <laughs> I'm not running the... the you asked the vegan. Yeah, aye, exactly. <laughs> no, well, you know, there's a large pr- proportion of, you know, dietary needs, not even just veganism, but like dietary needs that Don't are being cut. tell them. It's not food. So, um, going <laughs> looking at the season, um, we're going to we're going to talk our what talk and walk our way through it. Um, so we start with uh, we actually again this is weird. So we're our season starts in on the tenth of July, Kevin's birthday. Happy Thank birthday you. when it comes, of course. Um, Yours is Friday. So happy birthday to you and Friday. Thanks very much. That's a lovely. A lovely Chris, sorry, I don't know when your birthday is. It's uh, a winter. No, no, no. Announce the date, please. Yeah? Yeah. February. When you said winter, I presume December. Yeah. <laughs> Climate change and all that. That's the, uh, well, have you ever been sunbathing in February? Well, I went on holiday to Spain, so... There we go. He, he talks, sunbathing? He, he doesn't sunbathe. Ever. 
I don't like to be out in the sun. Um, so we start the season, um, August 2002. So August is a very interesting month because we start early, our, our, our campaign so early these days. So the July the 10th is uh, the first qualifier for, for the Champions League. We've got four qualifiers, mm-hmm. which is what, eight games before before we're even in the Champions League. Um, we had won in 2002-2003. As mentioned before, um, the, the season before we had won as well, and it was Ajax. Um, and it was a two-game, essentially a two-game playoff. That's what we had with this. We drew Ball. Um, we started the season uh, against Dunfermline with a 2-1 victory, of course. Absolutely. Lovely. In between the Dunfermline game and Aberdeen, we had a friendly with Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, we drew one each. Uh, but anyway, so our first kind of big big action of the of the campaign was uh, Aberdeen, who we beat 4-0. Then we went to this Ball game. I've got very distinct memories of this game, um, but I want to hear your guys' distinct memories. Were you at this game, Kevin? I was at this game with your wife, my sister, Um I remember it quite vividly. Were you there as well? I would wonder why I wasn't then, since the threes had season tickets. So you were there? So it would have been... I would be confused why I wouldn't be. But they scored early, didn't they? Yes. They scored relatively... Relatively early. The guy who scored in the away leg, Jimenez. Yeah. So he scores the goal, so he does. Um, But... We progressed well in that game. Is that what was? Is it three one? Three one. Three one. Yeah, and I think so. The Swiss Momo Silla's goal. Momo Silla at the closing stages of the goal to make it three one. An absolute peach of a moment. It was a great strike, and um, as you're talking about, I remember. I remember vividly thinking, "That's it." Yeah. That that's done it. The away goal. You were like two one. That's not it's a great tight. league to take yeah. over there. He put a wee bit of daylight between us, and I thought, job done. We weren't scintillating that day. I thought we did play well, but you know, Silla's goals put it in the bank. It's put it safe. For us. And so, also, probably thinking that we'd score over there as well. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. their away goal gets nullified straight away. Yep. So, <coughs> Bal scored after ninety seconds at Parkhead. At Parkhead, right? Yeah. And so that qu- I knew it was early. I didn't realize ninety it was seconds. There. Then there's a penalty two minutes later. So within the three minute, first three minutes of a Champions League qualifier, there's two goals. Uh, then, so it was Larson scores the penalty. Um, and then, as you see, Celtic uh, Sutton scores uh, right. to make it 2-1. Yeah. And then Momo Silla scores. You come away from that thinking to yourself, 3-1. Yeah. Against... there's day, as, as Chris says, there's daylight in between against a team who... We'll, we'll still have been dismissive of Ball at that point. Of course. And without remembering exact conversations and things like this, I know we would have been walking away from that being dismissive. Who are we going to get in the Champions League? But our thoughts of who the, who the hell Ball were beforehand, and I'm probably... I've, I'm mispronouncing their name every time I say it at this point as well, but we were our preconceived ideas of Ball were exactly what we thought in that game because we won 3-1 and we thought, right, no no worries at all. All the experience we'd got the season before, all, all the experience of, you know, knowing how to come through a tie, like the Ajax game. Now, the Ajax game, obviously, we'd done the job. In, in, in but Amsterdam. you said you yeah. came through the tie. Of course. Um, with this one, I thought that we... I, again, I thought we were through. Momo Silla's goal, I remember as soon as that going in, really cheering because I was like, great... That that's dicing on the cake. I was on. I went on holiday. 
I was going to miss the second tie, did the same similar thing to yourself, mm-hmm. put money in the payphone to phone my dad because I was expecting him to say, oh, it's 2-1, uh, you know. We'll come to what actually happened. So, I mean, you come away from that game, you're confident. Yeah. You're happy. Um, Disappointed at conceding an away goal, but you're confident, yeah. But the, the, the away goal was that early and then we went on to score three goals afterwards. You're sort of thinking, well... Even if that, that out, yeah, right? even if that was to happen again, mm. we showed that we've got goes back to this mental toughness that we were speaking about earlier on. Yeah, we've got the players that have reacted to the adversity against the, the unknown team. So we've got our shock, and um, let's react to it. And we reacted to it in a positive manner on the first game. Mm-hmm. When it goes to the second game, uh, Chris yeah. and Cross master plan. So essentially, what happens is um, expose guru. Yeah, yeah. So the month of August, we've got Dunfermline who we defeat, um, Aberdeen who we defeat for what four nil. So Dunfermline two nil, two one, Aberdeen four nil, Dundee United five nil. On the home front, we're doing very well. Mm-hmm. We beat Thistle one nil. Um, so essentially, we've scored five, six, ten, um, twelve goals in the league and conceded one. Um, comes to the Ball game to essentially just, you know, get our point uh, to get into the Champions League, just um, to, to kind of ram home the point that we are a Champions mm-hmm. League squad, a Champions League team, yep. and to confirm to everybody how terrific we are. What happens, Kev? Whether it's the naivety of the 3-1 three, the three result where we're, we just think that's enough, We've, we've came up against it probably goes that I would I would hate to think that the players had the same mindset as I described that I had yeah that we um, had to be yeah that you would hope that um, that that strong personality as a manager and winning mentality as a team's enough to get through but maybe it just comes up against where, you're, where you've got a, a set of unknown players to us is it? It's Hacking Yaki. I'm Hacken, never too Hacken. sure which one of the Yakin brothers is the. Murat's the centre half. Hacking's the, Hacken's the front yeah. one. So Hacking Yakin. It probably goes back to those. Hacking Yakin just now wouldn't be an unknown player is because no. we get so much European football that can watch and yeah, everything's that's a really good point, instant actually, yeah. say, uh, instantly recognisable on a f- on your handset and so on. But back then it wasn't. used two guys will be mentioned about the the payphone s- stories, so we wouldn't know. Who hacking yakking was and bang, he, he's 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 got his. Yeah, I mean, so I similar to yourself, Chris. I phoned up while this game was still going on. I phoned up my ex girlfriend at the time and I said uh, the game was coming to an end. And I went, "What's the score?" And she went two 0 And I went, "Oh, great!" Mm-hmm. She went, "No, two 0 for them." And I I remember looking at the clock, going, "Hold on a minute, what? How long's left?" And she's like, "There's five minutes left." And I'm like, "How have we played?" And she just went, "We've been awful." <laughs> We've been awful. <coughs> and then I stayed on the phone while she did a little bit of commentary and then Sutton, the very last second, one of the last kicks of the ball, ball comes across and he, it's not an open goal, right? But for him, he should finish it. You think it's... You think to yourself, score. you know, I've not watched that game back. I've not watched the highlight back. I've only ever seen Sutton's, that chance at the end. And I just thought, to, I, I remember, it ruined my holiday. Oh, sorry. It ruined my sorry, holiday. Chris. I'm not sure if that game... It, I think I was sick when that game was on because I, I remember being in the house and I, lying and listening to it on the radio 
I'm not even sure if it was televised. It must have been. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure. I think it was, yeah. I'm sure I was in the pub watching it. Right, because that's the only game, European game of that season that I I remember. I I I remember being sick and I remember listening to it on the radio instead of going to the pub sort of thing. And everything's ramped up. You know, when you're listening to the radio, everything goes up to 100, you know what I mean? And um, Sutton's header. You just they just started screaming, so I thought it was in until it died down a few seconds later, and he's clipped it outside of the post, and it's gone, it's gone wide. Yeah, and again talking about me talking about a, a cloud hanging over the club, so we bit different back then. But I remember being dejected. I remember thinking that was last the season before. That was the first taste of Champions League football. You know, Rangers had been there several times. We'd never made it. We mm-hmm. get there, and then you're thinking, you know just been despondent completely dejected thinking we should have been there we'd done so well in the group stages last season and we've blown it this year yeah I mean I went back to I was on holiday with Boud and uh, Big Kieran who are on the podcast and uh, Marcus and Neil uh, for my close friends mm-hmm. and um, I literally came back and they were looking as if to say how many did we win by yeah. sort of thing and it was like we're out you never got a pint bought for you for the rest of the night because of that. It was your fault. They thought I was joking, though. So I was like, yes. Aye, very good. Aye, very good. <laughs> and I'm like, no. no. <laughs> How many times do you have to out. use the word seriously? And see, and see, the thing is, right, we were all like dolled up to go out, right? So it's like, I'm going to go on phone now, wait here, and then we'll get a taxi into town and have a cracking time. Honestly, see, up an hour later, the five, five of us are just sitting around the stable like that, just like the music's thumping and all that. Have, everyone's having a great time, and it's just like... <sighs> that whole night was ruined, man. Just because, uh, except Kieran gets steaming and getting a fight by a guy. But um, it was just. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can. Uh, but so I mean, th- we start the season really. Other than that one isolated result, we've started domestically really well, right? Mm-hmm. So we're we're on a roll domestically. <coughs> but you, you you mentioned it there, the cloud over the club. How how do you feel? How do you remember feeling? How how did you think? When we were knocked out of the Champions League, did you think to yourself, "Oh, we're going to go on a run in Europe now"? God, no, no. Um, it's, you got those. I don't think at any particular point, even throughout the full season, I'm, I'm sort of jumping ahead here. No, that's fine. But I don't really think at any particular point there was a massive confidence that. Put it this way, I was never one of the guys that thought, you know what, I'm going to go and cash in the endowment policy and get a flight to, <laughs> to Seville. I, I wasn't forethinking like that. I wasn't thinking this is what possibly could happen. Yeah. Um, there was there was just a lot of, in, in the, this, the autumn months, where it was just, ah, you know what, this isn't what we hoped this season was going to be. Because you, you, there was a massive excitement. Chris said just a couple of minutes ago it was the season before our first time in there because all the other times it was Rangers I remember how often I used to watch STV yeah. and that Champions League theme tune would come on and get a wee shivered in your and spine and I would just go it's never been us it's never been us and I always wanted it to be us so we only have it for that one and then not again it was it was sore yeah so, I mean I mean, that's the thing we, we watched we went to all the games together and we watched all the, the games uh, the, away, the home games together and we watched away games together as well and there wasn't one point that I thought we're going to get to the UEFA Cup final I wouldn't say there was one point that we would get to the UEFA Cup final, but the Stuttgart away, yeah, when 
we'll come to that, right? So let's but not go that, into. But that particular point, you is, thought, well, is maybe the one where you went, wow, because there was a, as we were, as you said, we'll get coming up, but there was a a level of, I I had a level of ignorance of that game after how it starts, and I just I, I sort of threw it away, knowing, okay, this is going to be, this is when we could do it. Yeah. But that was possibly the only time where I thought. You know what we could we could go. I mean, Chris, yourself, how did you think when we get knocked out? Like, what was the was? The, I know you mentioned it earlier about that. You know, the way there is a cloud now wasn't as bad. Mm-hmm. But did you have it in your mind that we could do something extraordinary or <coughs> every time? Because every again, it was almost every time. Like how you responded to the Ajax thing, I think it was quite telling because we got Ajax. Oh well, fun while it lasted. Every time we drew someone, I thought to myself. Oh well, Celta Vigo. It's big teams, Chris. Celta Vigo. Oh well, Stuttgart. Oh well, Liverpool. Oh well, and it w- to the point where I was like, we've done really well to get this far. Yeah. Well done for not listening. Blackburn was a big team. No, they're not. Yeah, they're just a diddy team. Well, it's 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 quite funny that that you mentioned Blackburn and you're talking about when we can do things and when we could go far. The performance at Ewood Park. We'll come to. I know, but <laughs> I, I'm just going to touch on it. That's okay. That's when I thought. Oh wait a minute. Oh really? Possibly, because of the juxtaposition between that and the first leg. But anyway, we'll we'll come on to talk about that game, obviously. But um, it was different. As I said, it was different. Just to kind of expand on that was it was because the we were building domestic domination. Do you know what I mean? It was Love it. it was that's what we were looking to do at the time. You know, we'd we'd won the league under in Neil's first two seasons, um, and then. Y- you were less used to domestic success at that point because of how dominant Rangers had been. Yes. So today's climate's completely different, whereas if there's no European football, we're so used to domestic success, it's not going to be enough for the supporters. But as I'd pointed out, you know, you'd got the taste for the Champions League, um, you wanted to get back there. So when we got put out and the UEFA Cup was sitting there, it's just not as glamorous. It's no. not as glamorous. and Even at the, the, the start of the run, you know, the first tie w- that we got, obviously being Suduva and stuff, you're just like, this this isn't what we signed up for this season. We're looking to play against, you know, the big European guns and, and, and we're playing, I don't, forgive me, but I don't even know where Suduva are from. Lithuania. Lithuania, there we go. Can I ask you a question though? Um, did any doubts about Neil start to creep in in any way? Um, again, I think it's about... Perspective? It's, I think... This seems to be quite a, a, a telling thing for Celtic in terms of defensively. You know, we've always, always seemed to have issues with defenders. And I mean, even people look back and they say they've got rose tinted glasses and things like that. I think I was thinking back at the time. I was quite well aware that our centre halves weren't, you know, were capable of of you know Gaffery. Gaffery, good word. Good word. <laughs> have I just made that up? So it'll do. People know what you mean. I mean, Baldy was, you know, he could be dominating and stuff like that. But you know. He, I don't. I never thought he was a top class centre forward. He was really imposing. Centre half. Uh, centre half. Sorry, yeah. The centre forward is terrific, as we know. Yes. Um, <laughs> Hamido. Mialbe. Oh, Hamido Baldi. What a player he was. Uh, Mialbe similar. You know, uh, Valharan. His first season was great, and then I think he succumbed a bit to injuries. So yeah, definitely. I think maybe at that time I was thinking, are we going to ever be able to kind of address our defensive deficiencies, goalkeeper as well as as, as, as the centre-halves and things. So I, I didn't doubt him overall because that mental toughness was there and, and we had we had some superb players throughout the side. But I did start to think, 
is he, is he able to kind of get a solid defence that we can take Do, forward? I know this is obviously not relevant overall, but if Twitter was around in those mm-hmm. days, do you think there would have been a get rid of O'Neill movement? Well, there'd have been somebody saying it somewhere, but uh, I don't know. Martin O'Neill had Martin O'Neill had really after his first season and, and the turnaround, he had a lot of he had a lot of uh, money in the bank. What's the, as yes, it were. Uh, that's so, uh, the best way of saying it. He, he, he really he was kind of god amongst the Celtic fans at that time. Now, as things progress and, and, and as is common, things got a bit less impressive towards the end of his reign and murmurings came in, but I knew I knew was kind of the darling of the Celtic fans still at that point. Kevin, yourself, um, we're just asking about the idea of uh, we're out the Champions League. Um, any questioning of Anil? No. Just the, the last sort of phrase that Samani said there was like the darling of the Celtic supporters. And it goes back to one of his earlier comments as well. Is it's about how he lifted the the club and the support as well. The support. So, and and it, it sort of goes to how I feel with Brendan Rodgers just now as well that he's got enough money in the bank that actually a uh, a result or a performance that can have a big downer on us because we don't know how the season pans out at this particular point. We don't know about the yeah. run. So I think you still you go well actually okay, um, maybe this is expect this could be expected because we're not at particularly that level and this is how I feel about this season as well that the the Brendan Rodgers' first season was actually the anomaly and this season was more the par yeah and I think if it was I think see if the two seasons had been reversed this season um sorry the season we've just finished just now and then his first follows. Would sort of go. Wow, this is this is where we're on the up, up, we're, upward we're, curve. Aye. even though yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, with, with end of August, so August is a, a massive month uh, because without the Champions League, so all of our expectations at this point are switched, are turned because we are expecting uh, like all the comments that we've made previously. We expect in a, a UEFA Cup. A, a Euro, a Champions League uh, position. We're expecting to pl- come ag- up against the big boys, yeah. and we don't have that. But domestically, we're doing well. At the end of August, Celtic have played four, won four, uh, twelve points out of uh, twelve. Rangers have dropped two, so they are so essentially Rangers are two points behind us. Um, Hearts are third, and they are they've played a game more than us. Dundee United are at the bottom. Every time we do these podcasts, so we've done three. Dundee United were really shite at the start of the, the turn of the century. They're always in the bottom. Yeah, they're just garbage. Hibs as well, not very good. Uh, Livingston are in the league. Um, yeah, and Thistle as well. So that was August. You're coming away from that. You're on a little bit of a downer, but we get the UEFA Cup draw, and it's Sedova. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin, you make an excellent point about how any time within five minutes of a draw. We follow the team on Twitter, follow the, 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 our opposition team, who are their best players. We tweet um, journalists from that country, who should we look out for? And you're almost it's almost instant information. Mm-hmm. That time, we weren't. So, so do have a, you know, Lithuanian team coming away, uh, you know, technical, technically gifted. You look at, you know, Maravchik, obviously he's from Slovakia, but it's still that sort of Eastern yeah. Bloc. Going into the unexpected. Um, however, we absolutely trance them. Um 8-1. Yep. 
Um, we we absolutely destroy them. Um, can I get some scorers? Uh, Larson got a hat trick. Larson, 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 Sutton, Valharan, Lambert, Petrov. Terrific. So essentially, that you're not coming back for that, Kev, are you? No, and and that's what you you possibly thinking then that the the what if damn we would we could possibly have in our right big European night here because this is, should be the start of the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. Um, we could have had a Juve, we could have had Real Madrid, the Barca. Of course. Um, but we've got Sedova. An unknown quantity that we've just gubbed. Ah, Jesus, is this what we've got to look forward to? And even though it is a, a thumping, you just think, because everybody knows, like, if it's a thumping, you're like that. Well, no. It's, it's been great to, to see it, but it doesn't always fill you with that level of joy no. of a, a 3-2 against Juve or, a, or whatever. Or even a narrow defeat against Bayern and, and the Bayern arena, do you know what I mean? It's uh-huh. like you know, the, the thrill what of that. would you rather? Yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Um, so September's a month where there's a couple of things happening. We beat Sadova 8-1, so we're into, well, that's the first leg. But we beat Hibs, we beat Livingston, we beat Kilmarnock. However, we fu- suffered our first defeat. Uh, we lose away to Motherwell 2-1. Um, Douglas, Agat, Baldy, Valharan, Lurson, Petrov, Lambert, Thompson, Guppy, Guppy, Larson and Sutton. So it's a strong four four two. Um, Hartson came off the bench and scored. Um, thoughts on Steve Guppy, Kev? It's from memory. Steve Guppy. What the one thing going for me? A brilliant cross on him. See his, his ability to just to. Cross the ball round the defender yeah. as opposed to beat him. So he, he was always able to just get that, uh, that's a typical commentator's phrase, but half a yard. But he was able always just to get it enough away from the, the defender to be able to whip the ball in. And considering the three strikers that we had at the time were, were very good in there, it's it's ideal. Yeah. Chris? Nah. <laughs> okay. 25 games he played, so he did... And indeed, actually, have a bit of impact. He was no muzzy, is it? Was he? We should have got muzzy in. I was saying that that very thing yesterday. Uh, so September again, we we just kind of trundle through. We get through Sedova. There's still a bit of a cloud. So at the end of September, um, we are uh, we've played nine games. Range actually, we've played nine games. We get twenty four points. Rangers have played nine games and they've got twenty five. So Rangers. Leapfrog is at that point, and uh, it was just back and forth mm-hmm. pretty much for the whole season. Mm. Um, so yeah, so at the end of September, we're second in the league. Um, we're pretty much through to the next round of the UEFA Cup, and I'll be honest, <laughs> when it comes to the UEFA Cup in those days, it was like whoever we get next will probably put us out. That's I always had that in my mind. We'll we'll get a dead team first, and then the next team after that, a team of any stature. Will probably put us out. I don't know so, if I, I don't know if I was thinking that at this point because of what happened before. But we then draw because it, we take on we take on Sedova and we beat them two one. So we beat them ten one on aggregate, mm-hmm. um, and we're drawn with Blackburn Rovers. Kevin, what are your thoughts on Blackburn Rovers at that point? Before I go into that. I would still prefer the knockout stage that we went through for the 
UEFA Cup to the Europa League yeah. group format that they've got just now. Group group where formats are so dull, man. You've, but not not in the Champions League. I don't feel like in the Champions League. I feel in the Champions League because you you've it's bigger teams you're coming up against. I think you've got that added level of excitement. But I think if our um, champ well, Europa League group was to be <coughs> Sudova, Blackburn Rovers. Celta Vigo and then Stuttgart or no because it would only be four or yeah. it, it, that's not the most exciting thing to keep you going in your no. your autumn months sitting through it but knockout where you actually literally yeah, have to yeah where them. you have to just yeah, yeah. you have to you know toe, for that, toe, toe to toe mano it, a mano it's, you, you're just going no we need you don't you're not getting an easy ride yet. you have to make sure that you're that on both legs you're totally on form yeah, um, so we but, start, but that's what we did against Blackburn. Yeah, so I'm going to go into detail with the Blackburn game, but we basically and we watched this just before we started recording. So Rangers are a point ahead of us, and the first domestic game in October is Rangers at Celtic Park, and it finishes three each. Um, Chris Armani, thoughts? <laughs> thoughts um, that the goalkeeper should have been sent to the glue factory after that um, game. Because he was at fault for all three goals. Yeah. Um, the first one, Arteta, was a trundling shot. And how he managed to spill it in, I'll never know. Um, it doesn't really move in any way. It's literally right at him. No, it's, it's not even as if it, it, was, it was a knuckleball or anything like that. Oh, you know? fuck off. Um, <laughs> it was just, it was just a, a weak, tame effort. And somehow it squirmed in. Um the other, the, the the second goal was another shot that he spilled and Arvel as he poked at home and then it, his positioning for the the Boers header mm-hmm. was was just absolutely appalling. The, I think you're right. I agree with you. The, the Boer one though, I think it wasn't just him. You're right. He should have came and he should have knocked the ball out. Yeah, take absolutely. Him, take some right out because that's but, a keeper's job to do that. And a keeper, you're never go, you, a keeper knows. He's never going to be giving away a penalty for doing it because yeah. if he goes with his hands up and he takes him with a forehand smash in the face, the ref's going to say, well, that's the risk that the forward had putting the head in there. I agree with that. You're 100% right. However, what I would say is the fact that De Boer was on his own with no one pressuring oh, him. Oh, no, he was, the marking was terrible as, as well. I mean, The marking in this game specifically. <coughs> Silla miss, um, misses the ball out wide and McCann gets space to bring the cross in as well. Silla. Seller should have stopped him from doing that. I mean, defensively, it was well, just all over the place in that game. Um, obviously, Sutton uh, lashing home rescued as a, rescued as a point, but yeah. that I suppose is a good snapshot of our defensive deficiencies and our attacking prowess. Yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah. Larson got two. Sutton got a great goal, as, as Chris says. Um, you come out of that cave and uh, it's see, three see, each. See the one the defensive deficiencies. Um, we, as we watched it, we, we spoke about how we speak about our defence deficiencies this season. Exactly. Good point. But without possibly looking back on it beforehand, if we were to turn around and say, well, do you know what? Baldy, Vilharn and Mialbe, what a centre-halves they were. That's, uh, they, they knew how to defend. I they, don't think... they, they were oaks. And yet you just watched well, but that, that, half a dozen goals going in against <laughs> them. And everyone went... Where the hell yeah, were they? Where the hell were they? What's the marking? But see, when and you talked about this, things coming back to you um, uh-huh. when you do that, it, it, it quite cl- clearly... Cl- see, if you said to me, is Boyata and Simunovic uh, as good a centre-half pairing than Baldi and Mayalbi would there be? I would go, no. 
Absolutely Instantly, not. Instantly yep. without thinking. Now, I, st- I still think that. <laughs> <laughs> but, however, once you start talking about it and you see the games the and stuff... The difference isn't is maybe negligible almost. You know, I, I remember at the time talking about how that was the problem we had, the defensive lapses and how we were really poor there, you know what I mean? At times, don't get me wrong, in other games they, would be, they could, you know... Solid. They could be absolutely rock solid. But then again, so can Boyata, you know? It's some games he's great and in other games it's just that lapse in con- uh, concentration. But this this particular game, you need to hang the blame solely with Douglas, I'd say. Yeah. Kevin, what's your take on Douglas as a whole from his career of how... Because this season... He, the season before last, he was at fault for... We criticise we criticise him quite a bit on the other podcast because he was at fault for a lot of the Champions League goals. Very, very easy goals that he shouldn't be losing. Chris highlights there that this game, he, again, you said it yourself, he should be cleaning out. Um, he does have, does have good performances in this season, though. No, I, I probably just goes to... I think you would, if, you, if you play for Celtic, you're going to have... More good games than bad games. Yeah. But on the bigger games where the pressure was maybe involved, and that's the ones that you didn't have the good games on. Yeah. Well you you would you would hope if you just used the the Arteta goal as a as an example that it, it, there wasn't many players in front of him either. It wasn't as if the shot was overly it, it did go through somebody's, it didn't go through yeah. somebody's legs. Because at first I thought, it, it, because it'd been so long since I've seen it, I thought it was a deflection because it it, it seemed to move at the last minute from him. So the, it's not a difficult one to prepare yourself from. And and when we talked about the mental strength throughout the middle of the team, from forwards, midfielders to defenders, possibly he didn't have the, he certainly didn't have the mental strength as everybody else had. Because yeah. he couldn't, yeah. he didn't lift himself for the big games. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think that... Apart from Valencia. No, it wasn't this season, but he was excellent in Valencia. Just he's actually pretty good at Anfield as well. He makes one or two big saves at Anfield, but I think you're you're probably right because um, we'll we'll touch on the final when we get there. <laughs> there, um, but with that, that's your first um, match against your rivals. They're a point ahead of you. You come away from that three each. Happy that you have not lost because the, these we I mean, rescued a point because we'd thrown it away so you're, you're, you're glad that we've, we've not lost the game but um, looking at it in the cold light of day we should have won that game it was if we had someone we put a traffic cone in goals for that first we're still getting a draw we're still <laughs> um, so uh, yeah yeah, you're, you're, you're happy that we've uh, that we've, we've uh, taken a point when we could have lost it there'll be a lot of <coughs> maybe younger guys listening to this podcast who Maybe ha- never have never really had the pressure of watching a Celtic Rangers game where you're going into it and you don't know if you're going to win. Hey, there was a lot, there was a lot of games because there was a lot of Rangers players who you feared. Yeah, there was a lot of Rangers players. They were a brilliant level at that point, but there was also ones that, that always that could always turn up against us though. Rickson. Uh huh. Um, that you just knew. Geez, this is a guy who who's in who knows that he's good enough to play against us every single time yeah. and didn't hide from it, whereas there been occasions that we've had players that have hid from it. Yeah, and... and, that, and that, didn't, that weren't good enough for it. But during that, that particular team with them, they, they, they'd ball... They'd game winners. Yeah. They also had Alex McLeish as a manager. Does it stick in your craw how well he did at Rangers? Um, yes. Because I don't think he's a good manager, which 
he subsequently proved. I think he won the League Cup when he did Birmingham. Just against Arsenal doesn't count. <laughs> no, I mean no. He subsequently proved even in his time at Rangers because they progressively got worse pretty quickly. Now they won the treble that season. Again, we'll come to specifics specifics uh, later on. But they carried a massive, massive amount of fortune, and I don't think it's see by how slim the margin was them winning uh, the league. Don't think it's untoward for us to say that if we hadn't have been in Europe last yep. season, we would have won the league. Oh yeah, do you know what I mean? In terms of, we didn't drop that many points, and neither did they. But in terms of goals scored or whatever, we would have won the league if we didn't have that run. So, Jay, our focus was, was on the league. It was on Europe. Yeah, yeah. Because once it started happening, that yeah, was it. You know, once you once you get um, after the Christmas period. And again, we're doing it in a sort of chronological order here, so we'll get a more detail later. But once you get to that, that's when you sort of you you can sort of say, you know what, that let let's rest some players for this because we've got bigger games coming up, which costs that, us in the Scottish Cup. And that's and to be a hundred to be a million percent truthful, I would have gladly have gave up um, a treble to Rangers for us to have won that. UEFA Cup. Cup. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus! But see if you gave us that at the start of the season for them to have dominated us in every game, and which they didn't do. But I'm just meaning if you were given that that scenario, you'd have taken it. So we were very, very close to having that scenario. Mm. So the draw is made for the next round of UEFA Cup. It's Blackburn Rovers. Uh, initial thoughts. Soonest. Soonest. That's my initial thought when I think about that tie. Um, I'm not a fan. You're not into him, no. I'm not, no, not, not, not a big fan. Um, the thing that thing that strikes you right away is his main against boys mm-hmm. coming after the first leg. Yeah, and he's, and the thing is now the first leg we weren't very good. Okay, but we, we still shit. won the game one 0 uh, Yeah. No, his it was main against boys comment, and it was essentially we're going back down to Ewood Park, and they would swiftly dispatches. Um, that didn't happen. <laughs> the first game is when he was late coming out as well, wasn't he? Because he 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 made a point of not being there, not coming out for the game starting. Because I'm sure he says that he was in the bathroom at the time. And for it, to me, that royally pissed me off because it was more important for him to have a pee than it was to see the game. How do you off. know it was a pee? Might have been a jobby. You think so? <laughs> Might have been a jobby. No, what? See if it was. I bet you never flushed that away. Kevin, Just you're probably saying. right, to be fair. Um, so, let me talk you through this Blackburn team. Um, uh, Friedel and goal. Friedel, however you say it, Brad. Friedel. Friedel. Um, Lucas Neal. Thug. Decent. Um, thug. Short. Craig Short. Craig Short. I thought you were describing Lucas Neal as short there. <laughs> I thought that was your one, one answer to describe him. Uh, Taylor. Matt Taylor. Matt Taylor, yeah. yeah. Um, and, th- you know, this is... He, I'm going Bentley to, play for them. Who? Bentley. Bentley wasn't there at that point. Was but they had two guys who knew the game in terms of Celtic, you knew what mm-hmm. the atmosphere. Uh, they had David Thompson, who I thought was a good player at that point. That's, who I'm, con- that's who I'm confusing Liverpool. them with, mm-hmm. actually. Liverpool. Um, and they had Damien Duff before. Yeah. He, you know, that, that's when he was really, really great. Eigel um, Ostenstadt. Mm-hmm. Of course, who they went on to famously join Rangers and famously do fuck all. Uh, and Dwight York up front, Cole was on the bench. That's right, I remember the both of them. Uh, Keith Gillespie was on the bench. 
Um, no relation. Matt Janssen was on the bench. Good team. G- good. Um, Matt Janssen would have been a multi-million pound buy. I'm not too sure if it was for Blackburn or when I he th- left no, them, th- but I he think, yeah. was a multi-million pound buy. Did he get them for, was it Palace? So you're, you're looking at, there's big, like if you've got... Damien Dunn's on the bench as well. Sorry, uh-huh. D- David Dunn. Yeah. Who was a class act uh-huh. as well. Gary Flintoff as well. Flickcroft, sorry. So there's... It's it's not a world-class team. But it's a mid-middling Premier League team. Yeah, yeah. Middling at the top. Yeah. And again, this, so is. this this sort of comes into the whole um, Sky Sports thing. Now, I remember when we were drawn with them. And in the first leg, as I said, as we've all said, we were terrible. Okay. So the space and time between the first two legs was... Essentially questioning Celtic's quality, questioning what Anil had done and what we were able to do. It was almost like, okay, you're in Europe, but now you're up against an English team. Mm-hmm. Let's see, and you were unable to cope with them in the first leg, you got lucky. All the expectations, even probably among some of the Celtic support as well, was when you go down to Ewood Park, you'll be taken apart. You'll be gubbed. You'll be gubbed. Um just a report on BBC, Celtic were on the back foot for much of the match against an English Premiership side set up superbly by former Rangers boss Graeme Souness. Um, Souness's cat and mouse games were at an end or at an end over Damien Duff. So I, so he was basically saying whether Duff was going to play or not. Um, essentially, we were really bad in this tie. I thought, thought, I don't think, I thought in this run we performed better away from home than we did at home. Um, in a lot of games, not just in that one, though. I think in most games. Yeah. Um, so it's true, yeah. Yeah, so we played really, really badly. However, we got the goal. We kept a clean sheet. Knockout football in Europe, that's beautiful. That's the aim. Come away with a 1-0 defeat. Uh, sorry, a 1-0 victory. Um, then Soonest comes out with the men against boys thing. Um, you are raging as a Celtic fan. You're just really angry. Martin O'Neill pins it up in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say anything, doesn't have to. Guys like Chris Sutton, I'm sure, would have been really angry about it because he's a basket case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Larson would have been Larson, just professional and ice cool. Um, how are you feeling going into the second leg? The, the, the soonest, that, that sort of summed up soonest though, to me, because soonest is, um, he'd bought one in teams. He, he didn't create, he, he wasn't a good enough manager to, 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 create something getting York and Cole in is just it smacks of just like uh, it's, it's yeah. lo- no, no long term plan uh-huh. it's just uh, but, but try to buy the instant success exactly which he, he never he never did it at Rangers he certainly never did it at Liverpool uh, the other teams team, I, I, I didn't have any time for him at all and I would have, I would have liked I appreciate the fact that he managed Rangers but I'd also I'd like to a little bit see if it was maybe somebody like George Graham as a just to flip this round to be a, a Scottish manager. I think George Graham would have shown a lot more respect oh, yeah. towards Celtic uh, and a lot more respect towards Scottish football, whereas Graham Souness didn't. And I felt that was particularly poor. And I, I genuinely mean that I feel that George Graham would have done something like that if Celtic had bet his team 1 0, he'd have still have been not as disrespectful. There would have, there would have been um, points of. Please. Yeah, I think you make an excellent point. I agree with that. Um, the soonest, I think, Graham Soonest is one of the great 
midfielders of his generation, no question. As a manager, as an individual, nah. as an individual, as a guy, no class. Um, so um, we we finished the month uh, with the defeat of Blackburn. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is in October. I remember it famously because it was on Halloween, and I went home afterwards uh, and watched Halloween. What, did you just open up your window and see hundreds of people walking past and scary outfits, or do you mean the film? I mean the film, okay. Kevin. Okay, I like fi- I like films. Just checking. All right. Uh, actually, I went for a couple of pints first. I think we went for some pints. We went for some pints in town. Me, you, Karn. Um, did you not come back and watch Halloween? No, no, because they they had the, they had their own house, and I was still living with my parents. Oh, we'd sex in. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> You've got two children. I imagine that you've been having sex for. I'm going to when my dad listens to this. By the way, <laughs> I think he knows that if we've had two children, that we've possibly half had it. Uh, so October Rangers game, the three each draw. Uh, we then take on Hearts at Tynecastle. Love going to Tynecastle. We smash them four one. Inverness four two. They'll come back to Honest. Dunfermline four one, and then obviously the Blackburn. A terrific month. A really, really good month. We don't lose to Rangers. Um, we uh, smash Hearts away from home. We get a defeat, a, a victory over Blackburn. So at the end of October, we are we're still behind Rangers by a point. And this is the thing about Rangers uh, domestically: they were relentless, Chris, weren't they? They were. They we had a real level of consistency that season. Now that obviously. We know how the league ended up and how close it was. Um, spoilers. Oh well. In case you, in case you don't know, That's it. Um, they did show an, an amazing level of consistency, uh, as did we up against adversity in terms of of the European campaign that we had as well. I did, I did wonder how many penalties they got that season in comparison to us. Um, I'll check that before the end of the show. Um, maybe I'm being paranoid, but. It's, I would imagine that they certainly... Well, we'll, we'll all have a rant on that, Dunfermline you know, game towards the end of the Well, season, we'll, we'll have a rant on that one. Um, you know, maybe they got more penalties. Do you know what? I don't know if they did or they didn't, but that's just the feeling. Certainly in the, the 2008 season, they seem to get penalties every week. But anyway, I digress. But in terms of that, I mean, they did show a, a remarkable level of consistency. The two of us finished on a, an unbelievable point tally. It's all the more unbelievable that we did it, though. Because with, of everything that happens, yeah, everything else as well. Um, so, although you need to praise their, you know, um, consistency, when you actually look at it and you know, in like a picture, we were unbelievable. We were, Kev, we were running on fumes by the end, and we were still getting results. Yeah. For all the people that are going to listen to this at a later stage, see if any don't actually realise how this season ends because we keep sort of <laughs> apologising, going all oh, right, spoiler alert, and so on and so forth. Hopefully you do realise how this all ends and you aren't sitting here grits and going, I want, <laughs> these guys are building this up. Oh my God, we don't win nothing. I know. So it does end like that. But yeah, we, we were running in fumes. And one of the things that I had when we were before um, we started looking at it and you were pointing out that we sort of spoke about just earlier on the, the sort of games that we had. And I'd said to you, I think though that um, you then, to be involved in that stage... That's when you, the the management team, have to be building everybody up. Now I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to say how often all of his main um, O'Neill's main players were rested. Uh, we all know that in certain games they were rested, but 
we all, I I think that O'Neill would be brilliant at letting Hartsons and Suttons and Larsons and Thompsons know that they're the world beaters. But I wonder how he was with lesser lights in the team. Well, Ulrich Larson has come out and said essentially that the squad players um, weren't treated very well. Right. And yeah. But that's when, so when you're saying there about at the end of the season running on fumes that's when you would have actually wanted the man management skills to be able to have yeah. the likes of Lewisons and Smiths and so on and so forth to be able to turn around and say actually um, it's no disgrace to to be behind somebody like this because this player is brilliant but on your day You're so are them. you yeah. Yeah. and it's only because of a partnership or whatever that, that you're in that they're in front of you but what I want and this is probably what Neil didn't do, is if you have a good game, you stay in for two, three, four, five, six games. Yeah. Instead of, you have your good game, you play it, the best you can, but then when the team sheet gets pinned up, you're not on it, and you're like, well, what's the, the point? Of, what's the point of me trying? Yeah. If, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm playing well and I'm getting into that mm-hmm. point, Hudson's always going to come back and replace me. Right. Um, so, as I say, at the end of October, uh, Rangers are top on 32. Tw- games played 12, points 32. We've got 12, uh, played 12, and we've got 31 points. So, we're coming towards the second leg, Blackburn away. Um, how are you feeling going into it, Sermani? Um Wary off the back of the first leg. Um I, in fact, recollecting that I was very wary, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was not confident, but I did, sorry, <laughs> let me just, let me just uh, clarify that, I didn't think we couldn't get a result, sorry, um, but I wasn't overly confident, you know, I did think it was possible, but we did have a goal to protect, but, you know, the performance wasn't up to the standards we would have hoped for in the first leg. Um, it's weird that, because even though, <laughs> no spoilers, what happens in the second leg at Ewood Park gave us confidence. Later on in the run, I still felt that way when we played English opposition for the second yes. time. So, even though what happened against Blackburn it happened, the trepidation between the two legs was definitely there. Kev? So, out again with the spoilers and all this, because this, your chronological orders just... We were bothered about... Right. Yeah, I was only joking, it was I a know, joke. But I'm just saying, it's right. just that it was never going to happen. But, when you look at the... If you take the, the final out of it with Porto, it's... What? Just, <laughs> <laughs> we get it. <laughs> but, the first game and the last game, the semi-final against Boa Vista... <laughs> are the only two that I felt confident that we could do something in them. Yeah. Whereas the, all the other games in between, I was very nervous because those were teams... Did you think we'd I, go through against Blackburn? But those were the teams I knew of. So yeah. No, I, no, I, I Ask know. him the question again. Do you think we'd go through against Blackburn? Ask him it again. Yes. Th- See, I didn't. I thought we'd go out. Yes, because I didn't think Blackburn... What we're as good a team as we've been portrayed, though when we get to the next games, that's what I didn't think we would. Yeah, so we go down to Blackburn, um, big away support, um, making noise the whole time. It's on BBC One. A lot of fake tickets floating about as well. We do we have a story on that or? Just Aye, no, the, the, if you remember the Celtic section, if you look at the coverage back mm-hmm. on the, the TV, the, the the stand was 
far far more full than it should have been because people are getting in with <laughs> photocopying tickets and, and, and getting in. tickets. Oh, I don't know. It might, it might have been a decent ah, photocopier, ah. but there was there was there was a lot more fans in there than it should have been. Um, anyway, so we go down to. Uh, England, uh, we we walk down and uh, we don't get the bus in. Um, but it's on BBC One. Yep. Barry Davis is commentating. Yep. Um, there is kind of a big match. Obviously, it's the next it's the UEFA Cup, so there's a big thing. But this, it was a whole big thing. It's like because no, no, no matter what, the Battle of Britain. Whenever a British team, it's specifically one of do the. Do you think they'll do that with Aberdeen and Burnley this year? They should. They, they no, should. they should. They should. They, they should have built up. They won't. But. It felt like a massive occasion, um, and essentially we go down there and we 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 teach lessons. We take we take jaws. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So thoughts on that performance? How did how did that make you feel when we went two 0 up? Well, actually, you, the first goal, one of your wee favourites. Describe it to me. The second is the first goal. Is the second goal? Sutton scores the, f- the near second. post header. The near uh. post header. The run to Kev. Tell me. Tell us about your, no, your love of near post headers. The. It's just, it seems as if, I don't know if it's because of the amount of wrestling that defenders can get away with, but I, I used to love a, a Chris Sutton who started from the back post, dissect his way through, and then a little flick, and it was just genius. Larson but, used to do it as well, didn't But it? it was also the first time I sort of seen it as, it was similar to what basketball players would do, where you would have other players block a run so that they would ha- they would have that so you'd have whoever would mark Sutton would get blocked by somebody else and it was I've always felt that was the cleverness and the subtleness of it all not that we were seeing just now where you're uh, wrapping your arms around somebody to stop them running it was always a, a sort of a fake block it, but they were just they're genius and I would just I would actually I've said this for a long long time I would love for us to be able to go back to that well because our corners just now are rank. Our set pieces right now are are dreadful, and I think this team was built on set pieces, Chris. Yeah, um, we were a real threat. I mean, we're talking about the the, the deficiencies of our defenders um, now and then. Certainly, we were a much greater threat from set pieces. Um, our centre halves, Sutton and Larson and Hartson, mm-hmm. were all very capable in the air as well. And the consistency from Thompson and delivering them was I think that's an excellent point. It's the consistency from Thompson. Yeah. We have about five different people taking about five different corners at times. The Lee Griffiths Lee Griffith takes a good corner, but sometimes. you want Lee Griffiths in the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know I, I, mean? I think the last the last player that we had consistently taking set, good set pieces for us was Mulgrew. And even towards the end of his spell, they, they deteriorated. But he's, the first part of his, his second um, spell at Celtic, his set pieces were excellent. Since then, I don't think we've had anybody consistently do it for us. Yeah, um, but the key point here with the set pieces is, as Kevin says, the intelligence of the runs yeah. and how they're planned yeah. and knowing what to do. And that's that's different. So we go down there to England, we absolutely dominate, we take care of business, we stick it right up uh, Graham Soonis. It's beautiful, it's done throughout the UK, and we march on. After that game, you, I remember being so over the moon by how just sticking it to them. It's sticking it to him. but it wasn't just. I don't know when you say them if you're just talking Blackburn themselves, but there's a collective because you'd have had Blackburn themselves, you'd have had Sunis as that individual, but you'd have also had, like, as you were saying, like Sky Sports, yeah. who were were being dismissive. And then Celtic go, I, I don't want to say it, because Blackburn have never been a giant in English football, even when they won it, but 
it was there. It that was they them against us. Yeah, and we've got a World Cup on just now where you've got English people turning around and saying, "Well, why don't you support us? Why don't you support us? Why don't you support us?" Now, I'm not expecting them to be supporting a Scottish team against an English team, but to be utterly dismissive of the Scottish team, considering oh, the grandeur of the Scottish team compared to the English team, is one of the reasons why you don't want any other teams to do particularly well at anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we're through that round and you think to yourself, okay, little bit of momentum behind us. Um, we got through a round uh, against a team who are a level above what we've been playing. You know, Blackburn were a decent, as we say, sort of middling Premier League team. Um, the next round of the draw... Cella Vigo. So it was. Cella Vigo. Now this... Oh, here we go. He's pointing. He's Look at this guy. This tie was... Getting through this was the first time we'd been in Europe beyond Christmas for 20 years. Correct. Talk me through your thoughts when we landed Cella Vigo. Was that a case of, oh well. <laughs> there was there was part of that because at that time they were a, a consistently decent Spanish outfit. And I they thought, were, no, at that point I thought they were excellent. I thought they were really, really good. Well, anyway, sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, I, d- I don't think they were in the upper echelons of the Sp- Spanish teams, but I certainly thought they were consistently good, consistently in Europe, had a lot of good players. Um, I remember when we got them, I thought, pretty, pretty much, well, not really, I see that all well. The season before Champions League campaign meant that you thought you always had a chance with your home form, which is quite, you know, remarkable that it was the away form mm-hmm. that done it for us, blah, blah, blah. But... When we got them, we thought, okay, this is tough. This is a step up from Blackburn. Clearly a step up from Sudova. And, you know, you knew it would be a real challenge. I wasn't completely without hope, but I definitely thought this is going to be a tall order for us. I was a little bit different because I, I know you were saying there about them being a class act and consistently doing well in La Liga and in Europe. For me, there was still a little bit, well, they're not the, the Barcelona, they're not the Real Madrid. <sighs> yeah. But because they're a Spanish team, and there's a sort of the because again it's sort of pre before we know we can get instant access. So I'm I'm sitting going to myself that they're got they're going to be good, but how good are they? And how good are we going to be up against them? Because as it's an unknown for us, we've not came we've not came across them before. It's not as if there's a prior history for them. Yeah. So it was it was there was an unknown. More than more than anything for me, there wasn't a, a could we this could be a right doing or you know what we've got this. There was neither of that for me. It was just very much. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> here are some of the, the from my from my point of view, uh, players who I liked in that Celtic team. Um, obviously, Mostovoy I thought was was, was phenomenal. Um, we also had um, Benny McCarthy. Was part of that team. Oh yeah, um, Peter Lucien, uh, who would later play for Marseille. Um, it says Edu here. I don't know if that's the Brazilian Edu that went to Arsenal, but uh, Jose Ignacio, um, Juan Fran, who mm-hmm. was the biggest wank of all time, <laughs> um, Cavalero, uh, Caceres, Giovanella, um, Catania. Um, I know most of these guys at that. I knew most of these guys at that time because of Championship Manager. Right. So I knew that they were good because of Championship Manager. Uh, we, I think we had Sky at that point, so you, you could see the odds. So a Spanish football game, but yeah, 
I think we're all we were all kind of, and that's what it's tough to kind of put across that we were all kind of of the point of if we don't, if we aren't up against a top top team where we know some of the players, you were kind of like, how good are these guys overall? Because we didn't really have access to instant information. Hmm. But I, for being disappointed to get put out with Bow, and then for the. Suduva, you, you're right, I went through against them. Blackburn, I certainly wouldn't get through against them. When it came to Celta Vigo, <coughs> there, there was a bit of me who was going, well, you know what? I, I get it if we get put out of these guys because these guys, there, there must be something good about them. Mm. So if we get, this is the, this is the, this is the first time I was thinking, uh, this is the one that if they put us out, I can just shrug my shoulder and say, yeah, you know what? I expected that one. You don't want to get put out by an English team at any time, right? Mm-hmm. When it's a Spanish team who are kind of, who and you'd assume they're probably better than us, there's no shame in going out, out, of, out to a Spanish team in a way there would be to going out to Blackburn Rovers because then they can rub it in your face saying, oh, you think you're a big club, but a shit English team just put you out. Yeah. So there was that kind of level of it. Uh, again, I remember this game really quite uh, vividly, uh, expecting something from Celta Vigo and nothing really happened. It wasn't. It was what throughout the whole run. Uh, you know, the Blackburn Blackburn uh, really played really well against us. Um, Bal scored really early on. Um, you know, Stuttgart, and you know, we'll, we'll come to those games. But this game, I remember expecting so much. I remember us. I remember expecting us to be under a lot of pressure. I remember expecting us to be really, oh shit, you know, holding back and stuff, and you know, putting up a, a defense, etc. Never really happened. Um, Mostavoy w- was pretty ineffective. Celta Vigo in general were ineffective. I think Celta Vigo would have been happy with a, a draw. Um, they were ha- probably happy to come away from it with just even a nil-nil. That's kind of how they set up. They set up a lot more defensively than I, than I, than I thought they would. Um, but in the end, we win. 1-0. Uh, were you at that game, Chris? Mm-hmm. Um, is, is there anything from it? And obviously, thinking back, it's quite a while ago, etc. Um, but I, can't, I really can't remember much about the first leg. Again, as, at the point you've made, all the memories are imprinted in your head of the away legs in these games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the starting eleven for the Celta Vigo game: uh, Douglas, Agat, Valharan, Baldy, Lurson. So it's a back four again: Petrov, Lenin, Guppy, um, Larson, Hartson, Sutton. So it's almost like a four-three-three. Um, which is quite interesting. Lennon being the the anchor, uh, Petrov playing out a little bit wider, and, and Sutton. I think maybe Sutton would have probably been dropping into the yeah, midfield. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, one. it's yeah, essentially it's a because that'd have been his four four two. Four four two. Yeah, that was the Neil's go to. We all knew that. And I think when you've got the quality, uh, Thompson and and Guppy as maybe not traditional Guppy more so a traditional winger than Thompson. Yeah, definitely. Um, Thompson a better player, but Guppy more the tra- traditional winger. Uh, but their, their quality being able to put balls in high or low into a box, you can you, you know why that four four two works. Yeah, um, the goal scorer of course was Henrik Larsson. He tends to get a couple, gets a few. Uh, so at the end of November, we are still in the UEFA Cup. Thankfully, um, we've put Blackburn out. We're one 0 up in the set, the, the first leg. Um, League wise, uh, what do we do? We Oh, famously destroy Aberdeen seven nil um, at home. We draw with Partick Thistle in the League Cup. Okay, so we draw with Thistle in the League Cup. We beat Dundee United. Um, we beat Thistle in the league, um, and we beat again a really unbelievable month. 
we ju- we're, we're not dropping points. Mm-hmm. The only thing is, neither are Rangers. Um, Rangers do drop points this month, though. So uh, the end of uh, end of November, we're top of the league again. As we say, it goes back and forth. It stops Turvey. It's a man. He's got an arm of a fist of victory. Don't think he realizes how it's going to go, Kev. Um, spoil it. Spoil it. Um, so. Now this one, are Rangers in Europe at this point? Let me check. I believe because, they so because we've got obviously you're saying how well we're doing as you're reading out these results here, Chris. Yeah, um, and you're sort of thinking, right? When is it that the, the league changes? When is it that's the point? And I know obviously it finishes tight, but but they've not got the level of expecting the the high pressure games that we've got. Rangers went out of the UEFA Cup in the first round, right? So they've, true. Uh, I'll find that out. Okay. So, but they've so you're talking from your September's October and November. We've got high pressure games uh, every second week, basically. Yeah, uh, uh, every uh, second or every third week, we've got a double header that we are navigating through that they're not doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rangers went out of the U- went out of Europe to Victoria Ziskov. Oh, I remember that. Zhishkov, yeah. Zhishkov? Yep. Uh, yeah, so... So, so for the... They went out in the first round as well. For the amount that the, um, were neck and neck points, we're top one week, they're top the next week, whatever it may well be, we've still got massive games in between exactly. that we're having to navigate that mm-hmm. they've not got. So pressure-wise, throughout the full season, it wasn't as if our pressure just happened in May. The, the final run, yeah. We had pressure the whole time. What The interesting point about this as well is um, every single month, uh, third place seems to change. So it's Dunfermline now. Uh, Dunfermline are third. Hibs, Hearts, Dundee, there's like five points between them. Dunfermline were third? Dunfermline were third, yeah. Oh, they must Jimmy. have been a tough team to beat. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we come we come through the the Celtic Vigo game at home again, clean sheet, one mm-hmm. 0 victory. It's the perfect kind of um, setup for the away leg, very similar to Blackburn. Talk me through the second leg. Actually, before we talk, talk before I talk you through the second leg, um, listen to these round of fixtures. Um, so in December, Hibs away on the Wednesday, Rangers away on the Saturday. Celta Vigo away on the Thursday. Pressure. As Kevin alluded to. Absolute pressure. Um, so, the, the, the and before we get to the second leg of the, the Celta Vigo game, we go to Ibrox and we score the fastest goal in Glasgow Derby history with Chris Sutton scoring after 17 seconds. 17 Chris, seconds. talk me through that game. Yeah, that we ended up get losing that game three two. Um, I remember Sutton scoring really early on and thinking, "Yes, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna win." <laughs> when you take the lead that early, sometimes it's about getting the upper hand first of all. But then talking about our defensive frailties after that, they became very apparent. Um, we were at the partners game. Mm. We were in the first half. Certainly were. I mean, Craig Moore scored an equaliser. And seeing his face again in the highlights wasn't a pleasant experience. Um, Mongs got their second, and Kevin highlighted how good a footballer you thought he was. But I, I thought Mongs by that time he did his bad injury and he really wasn't quite as effective. I mean, when he first came, he looked a really a, a, kind of an electric forward, you know. 
and then he, he got his bad knee injury. That came about from the way he played. He used to kind of turn very sharply, and, and obviously he's done against his Bayern Munich, of course. Yep, yep. Um, but then he scored the second. I can't remember offhand who got the third. Uh, the again. So it was uh, De Boer, and then we get one back um, in the it's second half. Um, what had happened um, in the first half, though, was if you if you remember Hartson hitting the inside of the post and the ball rolling along the line, yeah. uh, and then going out for a corner. It's fine margins in these yeah. games, you know. Um, that goes in, we win the league. We, that goes in, we win the league. Yep. I mean that's <laughs> remarkable. Kevin, your your take on the pressure of these games, but it was every. Because of the actual run, last the basically UEFA run lasts the whole season, and the fact that we were neck and neck with Rangers, we didn't have an easy game then, really. No, throughout that full season, we wouldn't have had, and and I'm not being disrespectful. Whatever team would have been bottom of that, but let's say we playing Partick Thistle at home on a Saturday. Or let's say a Sunday, but Rangers may have had the game on the Saturday. And they've won. And they would have got their result, which meant every game that we played was just complete pressure. Do you think that's why he didn't necessarily deviate away from the big characters? I, I, I get, but the thing is, I, I get why he didn't do that, but it's very difficult to have, because that would have probably been a, a 55, 56, 57 game season. Yeah. Because I know you mentioned the them, but I don't know if that's necessarily played in every single game. But you're you're taught, but you, to have near enough the majority of your players maybe playing fifty games a season is just and considering every one of them would be pressure games as well. Yeah, is is very very difficult, and that's where you would have maybe been as we spoke about earlier about um, building up the lesser lights in the team. And that's the thing. So we've got, there's a point between us and there has been for the whole of the season. And then all of a sudden, it becomes two points. They were behind us, now they're two points. They were a point behind us, now they're two points ahead of us. Mm. Even psychologically, it's a little bit shit. We're on the back foot a little bit. We've got this massive UEFA Cup tie coming up. And they're kind of pulling away a little bit. So the pressure's on. Uh, Celtic go to Celta Vigo away on the Thursday, the 12th of December, 2003. Kick-off, five past eight. And uh, let me tell you that team. So this was the the Thursday after the Saturday. This team is Robert Douglas, uh, Diddy Agat, (coughs) Juice Van Halen, Baldy, Lursen. Again, Lursen's playing on a Mm -hmm. lot of these games. Petrov, Lennon, Thompson... Larson, Sutton, Hartson. So again, it is that sort of four four two with a sort of diamond in midfield. Yep. Sutton at the top of that. Um, Chris, thoughts on the set of ego away game? Um, it's funny just you mentioning um, the four four two. Obviously, and I think I think it was the the cup final the season before where um, a new kind of. Changed his uh, tact going from three five two to four four two. So you mentioned Lawson playing in a lot of these games. I suppose makes sense now um, in terms of having that left back. But this game was um, uh, really tense. Aye, I remember it's it's the first one whereby I mean the away performance against Blackburn. You know we were in control a lot, so that took a lot of the tension out of it. But you know the stakes were were, were quite high uh, in this game. Um, 
at times, at periods during the game, if, uh, in recollection, I remember, th- you know, thinking, you know, they're getting a hold, they're getting a grip of the game here and, and taking it away from us. Obviously, the the thingy, who scored for them? So, Hezley scores for them in the 23rd minute. That's then it. they go 2-0 up That's it, when yep. Benny McCarthy scores. I remember McCarthy got their second. I couldn't remember who got their first goal. Um, so, you're thinking this, this is starting to get away from us now. And then... We scored. Should it have been allowed? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. When I seen it, I looked at it and I thought that, wouldn't have been, that would not have been uh, given in Scotland. That would not have been given with a VAR. Well, there wasn't any VAR there. Fuck up, right? So we're going, we're marching on. We score. Hartson, obviously, um, using the strength to hold the, the defender off <laughs> in whatever <laughs> way that he could, turns. Phenomenal finish, superb. And Sublime. when he, I think this game, in terms of the, of the run, people forget that again. They went two 0 up. I remember McCarthy's goal quite clearly because yeah, I so thought yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I I couldn't remember the first one really, but I definitely remember McCarthy's goal, and I thought this is getting away from us. We've been kind of taking, I wouldn't say taken apart, but we're certainly um, it was wave after wave after yeah, wave, and you're literally yeah. just on the edge of your seat. They're, pep- they're peppering our goal here, and thinking maybe this is a step too far. But the character we showed, um, and the finish from Hartson was just absolutely phenomenal, and and it was a you know. The stakes have not been in Europe beyond Christmas for such a long time. That alone, that result alone, was a monkey off her back. A massive, massive um, uh, shot in the arm for the club, you know. Kev, thoughts? We, what we had, throughout that whole team, and not just this run in Europe, um, is we had the, the sort of the five front players, Larson, Sutton, Hartson, Thompson and Petroff, they were dangerous. You were always, you always felt confident that they would do something for you. That they could always get a goal, or a result in a penalty, to get a goal or whatever, a free kick. But you, you had that confidence in them because they were the, those type of players that got themselves into the positions to do it or created something to get them, get themselves on, to get somebody else in there. And that's what we always had, and that that was our big strength there. Um, just using the Hearts and Goal as an example, there's a lot of there's a lot of players and a lot of teams that would have crumbled with the two goals mm. and yeah. not not had the the belief to push on. But yet we had there was a couple of those five that I mentioned there. But certainly the, we always had that every particular time on the park, somebody could get is something. Yeah, and I, I think that's match winners. Definitely, it's essentially, is how how you'd put it. And I think those five. You know, you look you, at those times when we were in Europe. You'd always look at other teams, um, like uh, you think to yourself, "Oh, to have this player, to have that player." Looking back now, you're like, "Holy shit! What? What?" Bowdy always makes the point that he thinks that at that point, Larson, Hartson, and Sutton are the um, best front three that was around at that point. Not the best individuals, uh-huh. not the collective. best, you know, not even the best partnership, but the best collective strike force at that time and I think that's <coughs> potentially not, not too wrong it, it, it might be and juncture I'll go I, I would even go to say that Sutton, Larson and Sutton maybe were the best partnership in Europe at that time think so? Partnership somebody will probably remind me of 
a front pairing at that point, and I'm going, all right, fair enough. But I, I think as a partnership, I think <clears throat> they were maybe the best in Europe at that point. What really kind of, what up to me a wee bit, just to kind of di- digress a wee bit, and, and it, it's kind of funny seeing it with the important goals he scored, none more so than the goal that took us through against Celta Vigo, is I think Anil tried to accommodate yeah, Lars Hartson into the team. Yeah. And there's no doubt in my mind that Hartson will get you more goals than Sutton, but he's not a better player and he affected the balance of the team. Now, Sutton could operate at centre-half, centre-mid and up front. I thought he was a very good centre-half, actually. I thought he was an excellent centre-forward. I just thought he was okay in, in midfield. Yeah. I mean, he could do a job. He added stability to it. And he was keeping Lambert out of the team. <coughs> but he, he but al- that was daft, I thought. you know. But yeah. he also, um, but that, as you said, though, that was to accommodate Hearts and yeah. So uh, that's why when you you were saying that I was going to I was going to say <coughs> so was that then to the detriment of the team that he he had Hearts and in there yeah. s- instead of the the partnership that you were describing but it's because Hartson was actually the better goal scorer. Well, he got goals and and, and you can't argue with it, a lot of the goals he scored. I mean, even just recounting um, some of the Rangers games he scored regularly against Rangers. Um, he gets the winner in one of the games. He scores in the the three two defeat. But he scores at Anfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He scores away at Celta Vigo. I mean, he scored some big big goals for us in that run. But the front two of if I had to choose the two, it, oh yeah, it, it, it's Sutton and Larson, and they were absolutely phenomenal. Can I ask you both a question? Um, that relates sure, to sure. The, the, it's our show. Okay. That is my show. Um, that relates to the final. Okay, no, we're, we're not, not there yet. I know we're not there yet, but. There's let, people here that don't really know. Spoiler alert. Ends. Let me ask you this. Leave the room. I'd I wasn't directed to you. Do you know what? I will, I'll ask you that. I'll ask you that at the final time. Okay. <coughs> but w- so would it have been then different, Chris, if Hartson wasn't there and we had Sutton always up front? Do you think that there would have been a complete? Would we have played different types of football? Because I'll. Neither the two, neither Sutton or Hartson were particularly mobile. Mm-hmm. All right, so their 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 part in the team was to be the foil for Larson mm-hmm. to let Larson flex on, hold up, play him in in a lot of occasions. And I and I appreciate that you said that when Sutton went back into midfield, he was all right. He he, he was not. He was, wasn't any special. I, I remember there was times when I would say he was actually the best forward midfielder and defender that was playing in Scotland at times because there was there was times when he was play he was genuinely having great games in all three of those positions mm-hmm. and you would never define him just a centre forward. But I don't think certainly Hartson could never have done his job dropping back no. because of the intelligence of being able to play play football. But I also don't think that Sutton would have got the same types of goals as Hartson would have either. That may be true. That was my comment was essentially on the partnership. The partnership. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, maybe being a bit harsh coming across saying he was just okay in midfield, but that was the weakest of his three positions. Yeah. Um, and at times, at times we could have done with a wee bit more guile in midfield, especially. It's weird this this period of time. Maravchik did Maravchik retire at the end of last season? He did. Yeah. And it's quite evident because he came on and played for us in the Champions League and, and Anil had already started to phase him out a bit of that. He only really starred for Anil in the treble season. Um, but what we lacked was that wee bit of that creativity and guile. That was the one thing that was missing. And so, 
I'm fast forwarding at the final again. Deco, they had that wee bit of guile that we perhaps didn't have. And whilst Sutton, you know, was a good player and could play well in midfield, it might have been the detriment to the creativity that we had. I think that's the wee spark that we were missing. Could it have had the detriment in actual? So we didn't, we didn't have that that guile. That player anyway. Yeah. All right. So we didn't have. We not, bought it. We bought him the next season and then got the fuck. Aye, but so, but we did. So he wasn't in this run though. That, yeah. That player wasn't there. But we spoke about how often Lambert wasn't in the team. Mm-hmm. Would that have? Could it then have been a better a better team then if it was Lambert? If they was doing maybe the five five across Lambert, Lennon and Petrov as opposed to Sutton being in it. Because that's a that's a lot more mobile as a midfield. Lambert's Lambert Lambert's declined very very quickly. Lambert Lambert was a superb football football player for Celtic for um, four for four years. For four years, I think this season his legs started to kind of go a wee bit. I'll, you're, Are you crying I, over there? I think you're right to an extent. However, the next UEFA Cup tie, Lambert's one of the mainstays of Lambert comes back in for the Stuttgart game specifically at home he's one of the best players on the pitch no I remember that I remember him being excellent but Lambert wasn't able to perform as regularly at the standard they had otherwise I don't care if it's Chris Sutton if you've got a fully fit flying uh, Paul Lambert and you have to put somebody you you always put Lambert in midfield ahead of Chris Sutton if he's performing at the levels he could Paul Paul Lambert was on his uh, not dec- decline's the wrong word, but he was just um, it wind- winding quite down. Quickly. It, but it did happen quite quickly. That's right, and <laughs> breaks my heart. Um, anyway, um, so looking at the, uh, uh, the, as I say, so coming to the end of December, we've played Rangers. Um, we've unfortunately lost this game. Played Hearts. Uh, so we again we're, we're, we're relentless. Dunfermline would defeat 1-0, we defeat Hearts 4-2, we defeat Dundee 2-0, we draw with Kilmarnock. (sighs) Kilmarnock, those bastards. Uh, We beat Hibs 1-0 and we beat Motherwell 3-1. So we're going into the new year. We're in in Europe for the first time over um, into the new season. Let me repeat that. We are in Europe post-Christmas and we are... You know, Rangers are a point ahead of us, and we are looking at really just kind of soldiering on. Only lies that I'm living 
Missing all this 